Never be a prisoner of your past. It was a lesson, not a life sentence. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is modern escapism. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Oodles, and once you've had me, you'll never have me again. And today, I am joined by the one-trick pony, Candy Machine. Hello. Once he's had one bite of the pie, he throws it to the dogs. It's Stig. Hello. And he head- edits this show with the mantra, I'm doing one rough run through. If I miss anything, fuck em. It's Gadget. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, that, I had to that, read that, that slowly because it's one rough run through is very difficult for a Yorkshire man to say. Bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> but that's one how rough much, run through. That's how much I want to show you that I love you. And we are not joined by Biggie because we wanted this show to be less sexy this week. Yeah. And you got scared clearly, of having two girls on the podcast last week. Yeah, clearly it is less sexy. Um, but we'll push through it. And I know about 5,000 listeners have tuned off now. We'll see you next week. Don't worry. But <laughs> before we get into the main meat of the show, Stig, we've got some corporate shilling to do, haven't we? Yes, we certainly do. Uh, f- <clears throat> That's a good one, Tick. But he coughs. <coughs> That's got that, it. That couldn't have come at the wrong worst time, could it? <coughs> <coughs> Leave it in. <laughs> <coughs> could you die quietly, please? Some of us are trying to podcast <coughs> He's making me come now. <laughs> right. Now that I've stopped dying, I can tell you all about our Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you will find that we have three tiers on there. The first is modern escapees. For £5 a month, you'll get extended editions of this episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special and any other specials that we do. If you are into Dungeons and Dragons, we do a D&D actual player podcast called Do Dragons Dream of Scorch Sheep. And for £5 a month, the Scorch Sheep tier gets you ad-free early access of the episodes, as well as any battle maps, artwork, music, and artwork that we put together for the show. And you can also suggest NPC names and items for Gadget to use as the DM. And if you're feeling flush, £7.50, the Biggie Bundle, and gets you everything. Oh, yeah. Also as, a, also, as a side note, for people who have wanted to leave uh, NPC things for Scorecheap, I fixed the Google form so you can now actually do that. <laughs> we were complaining. No one's done it. Yeah, it's because the form was fucked. Why did anyone <laughs> tell us the form was fucked? Come on. Well, thank you to Smash is Clear for pointing out that the form was fucked. For right. that, he gets to name more than one. He gets to name two. <laughs> right then, let's get to what we've been doing this week. We're going to start with me and long-term listeners of the show will be pleased to know that I am back on the ale. <clears throat> so, yeah, I am not sober oodles anymore. Which... Which will explain what you've done to your hair. My hair? Yeah. <laughs> Great discussion for an audio-based medium. I have changed my hair. And I'm happy with it. I don't care. Coming from a man with no hair. Hey, how, how dare you? I cannot help this. Oh, okay. Now I feel bad. 
You should feel bad. <laughs> but You're a bad person I... and you should feel bad. <laughs> what have I been up to this week? Um, not much, but I have done something. <laughs> <laughs> I have done something that I'm kind of proud and sickened by. I have watched. Yeah. No, watched, not washed. <laughs> I've done that. I have watched every Spider-Man film this week. Including Spider-Man 3? Including Spider-Man 3. Oh, that explains why you've gone for that swept overhead. No, this is why I said said it's going to look sus in our Discord. I've had my head on it. That is completely He was looking at Toby, wasn't he, going, do you know what? No. He definitely had something going on in that film. No, because I did my hair before that. (laughs) Or before 2006. Yes. (laughs) Less about my hair. I don't want this to be about my hair at all. <laughs> no, I just can't do it. Fuck all. Candy can rock up with blue hair and no one talks about it. It's ridiculous. Bring oh, because, could, back. Be, because if Candy turned up with blue hair, she wouldn't be replicating Peter Parker in the worst Spider-Man film. No, neither am I. My hair's way longer than that. Anyway, yes. So, I want to discuss the Spider-Man. That's Spider-Mans. the important difference. Yes, that's the important difference. I want to discuss the Spider-Mans. So, um, I haven't watched the Sam Raimi films for years. I don't know if you guys have. No, um, it's, been, it's been a while since I watched them. The first one is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and and it's, not main, it's not the plot, because I like the goblin in it. I think um, it's, it's a great villain, really camp. But the dialogue in the first one is notably disgustingly crap. It's, what year did it come out? Do you remember? Oh, 1999. Oh, it was 2001. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just shockingly bad. It's so... Oh, it feels like you're watching a play, but a play that like teenagers have done. I mean, I, I, I mean, such quality dialogue is from Willem Dafoe. I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the ones. And 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 then that that bit when uh, Aunt May slaps him at the dinner table, and she really does it. And Willem Dafoe's so fucking stunned. <laughs> it looks like he's gonna hit her. <laughs> But yeah, the first one's really bad, and it doesn't hold up at all. Especially the um, the school scenes where these thirty odd year olds are pretending to be kids. <laughs> That's more noticeable than like things like American Pie and things like that. But the second one, the quality jump is absolutely astronomical. Like I don't know what happened in between those years, but the scriptwriter got better. Must have. Is is the first one the one where the, the goblin blows the wall out and Aunt May's like. Yeah. Yes. During the prayers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that scene is so bad. She's like, it's the devil. It's got She's yellow like, eyes. God, the woman that plays that mate is terrible. Oh, God, like, she is. I, yeah. But he held Tobey Maguire was 25 when he filmed the first Spider Man yeah. film. Yeah, God. I mean, he looks it, to be fair. He doesn't look like a teenager. No. It is what I quite like about Tom Holland, even though he was, I think he was 19 when he first played Spider Man. Yeah, looked like a 15 year old. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, yeah, the second one absolutely jumps up in quality. It's just an overall better film. And as we all know, the better of the three. Mm. Now, something happens. Massive. I don't need to discuss the second one because we all know it's good. It still kind of holds up. Al- Alfred Molina is the best thing in it. We all know that. These, these oh, he are, carries that film, absolutely. These are not new things. These that, are not hot takes. The scene with the um, when they're trying to remove the arms off his back. Yeah, oh God, it's... Oh, yeah, and it goes all haywire. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. It's brilliant seeing that. I, was, I always still love the fight in the bank. Yeah, me like too. That, man. That, that, oh, yeah. Whole, that whole set piece, just when when um, when Doc Ock kind of pulls the pulls the vault door off and hurls it at Peter, it's just so yeah, good. It's, it's really good. The the um, CGI's got better. The dialogue is just so much improved. It's ridiculous. It's as if Tobey Maguire is a different Peter Parker in it. I know he's supposed to be older and 
stuff like that. But it's just even even Kirsten Dunst is a lot better in this. Um, not so much um, Franco. <clears throat> no, no, no. He he kind of he takes a dive off a cliff there. Yeah. I, I like Dave Franco, uh, James Franco in the first one. Yeah, I did, I did. Um, he's, he's, one, he's, he's, just... he's very sympathetic in the first one. And he's the trying to, one he's, after... he's trying to do a he's trying to do a Willem Dafoe um, impersonation, yeah. and it's not working. No. Uh, the third one, wow. <laughs> wow, I forgot. That good, eh? That good. No, I forgot how bad this is. Oh, my word. Like, the thing with the symbiote. Sorry for, if, you, if you've not seen this, like, 15-year-old film, everybody. Um, oh, God, the symbiote stuff. Um, I mean, some of it's shot for shot from the original uh, run of the comics, but it's just done bad. It's just done really bad. The sound editing, Gadget, you cannot watch Spider-Man 3. The sound editing is minging. Really? Oh, it's oh, so kind of, bad. Kind of curious to watch now. No, don't. Like, I, <laughs> I, I saw Spider-Man 3 at the cinema when it came out, and I felt cheated then. Yeah. But that was just as I was starting my, my audio oh, degree. God. There's something... They did, they've done... Because obviously in Spider-Man 1 and 2, they do muffle Peter Parker's voice behind the mask because he's got no kind of, like, device that yeah. makes his voice... Diff- in this one, he's going... He's doing all the way through it, like, talking through it. I'll get you! Like, it's proper bad. It's proper bad. It's worse than Bane. Why have no one, Why has nobody talked about this? Oh, actually, actually to, to go back, to that, that does remind me, every time I watch the first Spider-Man film, the first Raimi Spider-Man, I can never get over the fact that um, Willem Dafoe ADR'd all of his dialogue as Green Goblin, yeah. but you can see his mouth through the Goblin mask not yeah, moving not when moving. he's speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. It's just so bad. And then something revolutionary happened. I watched The Amazing Spider-Man. That's a fucking good film. Really, you think so? I didn't yeah. like. Um, I didn't like either Andrew of the Garfield. amazing Spider-Man. Andrew films. Garfield is the best Peter Parker bar none, and I'm saying that now. I'm putting that on record. He is incredible in that first one. He's got his skateboard. He's good looking. Even the girls know he's good looking. He's still a dweeb. Um, uh, Aunt May's better in this. Uncle Ben's better in this. Um, I know it's more or less a retread of the first one, but it's just it's better. He looks more of age age appropriate. He's still an adult playing a kid but it's just better it's darker it's got a bit more mood the spider-man suit looks better his eyes are a little bit too dark but it doesn't matter um and then the amazing the amazing spider-man 2 is fucking wank it's awful <laughs> so bad <laughs> oh it's terrible see i never i never saw amazing spider-man 2 because i didn't like amazing spider-man 1 yeah, i wasn't a massive fan i only thing i kind of liked out of those films was the relationship between uh, peter parker and gwen stacy it's incredible mm. that's obviously helped by the fact that they were together in real life yes you can tell time. So when they kiss, they are fucking tongue in. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> are going for it. But it yeah. was a little early to reboot the series as well. I think it was. It, like- it, we all know why they rebooted it, but the the second one is so bad. And the ending where they're trying to lead into the Sinister Six stuff, it's like fucking shut up. This is awful, and the Rhino looks crap. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think the Rhino robotic. Yes, um, as opposed to just being a really fucking big guy. Yeah, it's, it's Paul Giamatti. It's Paul Giamatti. In big, yeah, in a big robot suit, doing a big <laughs> racist accent. <laughs> after that, after that, obviously we get to Homecoming. Um, what a sensational film! What a sensational oh, yeah, absolutely. film! Absolutely, yeah, I love him. Um, Tom Holland's not my favorite Peter Parker, but he's probably the best Spider-Man. I think. I, I, I he's really in the suit, like Tom. He's incredible. Yeah. I really like Tom uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man because I think he's got that right level of nervousness around him. Yes, mm. like like apart from maybe the first bit of the first Tobey Maguire film. Like Peter Parker's have all been played with a level of confidence around them. Yeah. And P- 
Peter um, and uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker doesn't have that, and I love no, it's it. Not I think it's great. At all. Um, th- there's the scene that my favourite scene in the whole film of the of uh, Homecoming is um, when he's in the car with Tombs. Um, oh, that's so good. That is that is Tarantino level tense. That is yeah. fucking up there. That is the lighting. Oh the lighting mm. of that scene is brilliant as well. Like, not many people seem to pick up on the fact that the when shadows he, and stuff. No, but as soon as he clicks, yeah, the lights turn green. Yes, on, on, yeah. And it was yeah, like, shines like on come his on, face. Dad, the, the, the yeah. light's green. Come on, and it's just that that uh, scene also, also, also it. F- also, full credits to Michael Keaton for just being absolutely brilliant. As to oh, he's yeah. brilliant in everything. He does though, sinister he? very well, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, um, that film's just really good. Um, not a massive fan of Ned. I don't dislike Ned, but as a sidekick, he's he's fine. He does the job. Um, <clears throat> never understood why he picked the other girl over Zendaya on the first one. The brain. Ah, uh, it's just infatuated. It's just infatuated with her, isn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Like. I'd rather have the cool, the cool girlfriend rather than the pretty one. But they're both stunning. You know what I mean? It's both stunning <laughs> young women. Well, I, I think it's supposed to be that he doesn't really notice MJ yes, as yeah. as someone he's he's infatuated. Well, with. remember you know, she's Michelle notices... in that film, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, but MJ. But you know, he, he does he, because they're such good friends. Like he just <clears> doesn't <throat> notice her that way until later, until he realizes that like shit. What happens if I lose her? Kind of yeah. thing. You know. Yeah. Got friend zoned. And then so I watched hard. I watched Far From Home. Um I like it. I like the beginning of it. I like the stuff where he's thinking about things that have happened um in the past. What's what's happened to mentors and father figures and stuff like that. I'm trying to be vague. Um yeah. <clears throat> well I was lamenting that and I was trying to still be the friendly neighborhood Spider Man, even though he's got a nanotech suit and stuff like that. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Um, I like the Mysterio stuff, uh, but I just really don't like the ending in London. Not a big fan of that. I, I, I really like how they did Mysterio in this because in yes. like the original, like in the 90s cartoon and the comic it's books. FX artist, it's, wasn't it? Yeah, it's but it, you know it's never kind of explained how he does it. It's yeah. just like oh, he sets he up it. all this shit that goes off. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, like give, giving the explanation and like the use of the Stark tech and the drones, yeah, the yeah the the drones and just like the the reveal of like when you get the turn. Oh god, with yeah. Him, it's so good. It's really it's good. so good. It's really and, good. And everyone, I mean, this is spoilers. You might have to put spoiler out for people because this this it's not that new, but it's fairly new. Yeah. Mainly, I mean, Kurt. <laughs> totally ruin his <laughs> podcast. Uh, but the, I think he's probably seen this one. He's a big Spider-Man fan. All the people in the, the turn are all like they're from previous MCU yes. films. Yeah, they are. Tony Stark has had a run-in with all like the same actors as well. Aren't yeah, they? the same actors, the same characters. People, people that have a grudge against Tony Stark. Yeah, he's so clever. It's just, yeah, it's just it, the ending. It just, I just think it drops the ball for me. But then again, the ending, ending. Is yeah, the incredible. ending ending is very yeah, yeah. good. It's really good. And <laughs> I, I, I also like how with the both of the end of the um of the the Tom Holland Spider Man films, mm. they, they they literally cut on a f- yes, as in oh, yeah. say fuck yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just I think that's so funny. <laughs> and then I watched Into the Spider Verse, and oh. that's the best one. <laughs> ended on the best one. Yeah, it's the best yeah. one. It's can't, by can't far the best. Argue with that. It's incredible. It's the best. He's the best. Miles Morales is best Spider Man. Um, everything about it's just it's just the best one. <laughs> it's absolute. It's it's one of the most visually sumptuous yeah. animated films I've ever seen. Just it doesn't like, even feel like you're watching an animated film, mate. No, no, but like it's it's just like the, the way the the way the, the characters are done. They've kind of got like those little kind of comic book outlines to them. Oh, but so good. They look kind of real, but kind of not real. 
I love that Miles spends the entire film running it tw- uh, 15 frames a second yeah. until the very end of the yeah. film. Yeah. Um, when you get the, the last battle, so are the colours... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm glad I bought the uh, UHD version of it because it just pops off the screen. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's such just, a, it's, it's the like music's incredible. The Everything about it is just. Yeah, oh. One of the, the, the other things in that film, and when I watched it in the cinema, I actually went out and said, I think you've put like the 3D version on. Yeah. And I found out <laughs> after it was read, and I was, I was like, I'm watching this, I'm like, bits of this are in 3D. My eyes are all blurry. And I, it's on purpose. It's meant to be him. His spider sense not kicking in properly, yeah. and yeah. and so you're seeing the world like his senses see it a bit, and it's just like. But I'm watching this going, I'm in the wrong yeah, one it's, here. It's, it's against what you know, isn't yeah. it? It's it does have that uh, that green and, and red lines that look like 3D, and I was thinking, I was thinking, I mean, I'm in the wrong screen in here. Like, they've, oh, they've put a 3D version on. Yeah, and, yeah. and there and isn't the, a 3D version. It's just that's how it's meant to be. And there's then also the, I was like, oh, that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, there's the excellent music cues with the Prowler as well, isn't there? Where, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, he's so fucking good. But yeah, I watched all the Spider-Mans because I need to really get back into Spider-Man because everyone in the world loves it except for me. Like I like Spider-Man as a as a hero. He's just not my been my favorite because I'm like some contrarian comic book nerd fuck. <laughs> and I like things that You're people... a proper comic elitist, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I kind well, of pre- I kind of appreciate the efforts that even Raimi did and stuff. Not on the third one and not on Amazing Spider-Man 2. Them two are just absolute <laughs> shite. They were I just rushed. I think, so, I think Spider-Man works as a very good gateway into comic book worlds. Yeah, I get, I get why he's of, number because, one. Because he's, because he's young and he's reasonably innocent and he's got a good moral code about it. Yeah. And it, the, ba- the baddies in his world tend to be quite over the top and quite vivacious and very colourful and yeah. stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I will always remember... Always remember the look of um, uh, Shocker in the co- in the TV series. Oh god, yeah, Shocker Electro. Yeah, I can never remember what they actually Shocker, call him. The, but he's the yellow one with the wrists. Uh, Electro yeah, is the, yeah, and, the uh, green one with the star. <laughs> oh, god, that's fucking helpful. Yeah, Shocker then. Um, yeah, yeah. You always remember like the look of Shocker and, and what he looks like because he's just. What other comic book series has a bright yellow fucking villain? Yeah, you know it's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, it's just I. Th- I think I really like what they've done. With it, I, I get the, the three, well, four different takes, the spider mythos in general. There's something to take from each one. Yeah. Um, I think Tobey Maguire's the worst Peter Parker. I think he's the worst Spider-Man, but he's not in the worst films. You know what I mean? It's so, mm. it's so fucking hard to pick because he is fucking brilliant in Spider-Man 2. The train scene in general, fucking hell. Oh, yeah, that so That is Tobey Maguire's best acting in his life by far. Uh, but yeah, he's just Tobey Maguire, isn't it? Blech. But yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> well, films. But he could be, it could be worse. He could be Tool for Grace. Oh god! <laughs> oh, yeah, he's supposed to be Eddie Brock. Him? <laughs> the fuck? That's I forgot all about that. that mate. Show. Eddie Brock is meant to be about six foot twelve. An ex-footballer. Like yeah. <laughs> I would say he's meant. He's meant to be basically be Brock Lesnar, isn't he? Yeah, basically <laughs> an absolute monster. Uh, but fucking hell, oh, Spider-Man Three is so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did it because I need to get back. I need to get back into Spider-Man, and I were looking at getting the game on PS5. And no, it's, it's still uh, sixty-nine ninety-nine, so I'm not getting that. <laughs> I think now's probably a good time to rewatch them all, especially with a new film coming out, because obviously it's going to echo back yeah. to some of the some of the uh, older ones. So, do, the, yeah, the, if you're going to do it, the Marvel, the, the MCU ones, well, the Sony slash MCU, they work on their own. You know, you don't have to know much about yeah. anything. 
So, yeah. But anyway, I've took up enough time. I've took Biggie's slot as well. Talking about Spider-Mans. I've been watching them. I've watched them all. Ask me anything, guys, listeners. But I'm saying Andrew Garfield's the best Peter Parker. That is on record. Mm. Okay. What have you been doing, Gadget? Uh, So I've been playing a a, a video game that um, in a series I've never played before. Uh, And it's fucking banging because I've been playing Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread, the game I can't afford yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking spectacular. Mm. So, um, I didn't want you to say that. (laughs) Yeah, Metroid is a um, long-running franchise dating all the way back to the original NES. Uh, You play Samus Aran, um, kind of bombing around different planets, murdering the shit out of things, generally exploring. Yeah, bounty hunter, upgrading yourself, and generally, you know, working your way through these mazes. Um, it obviously it is it is one half of the portmanteau that is uh, the Metroidvania, mm-hmm. and it, along with Castlevania, kind of developed this kind of subgenre of, of of adventure games where you do a lot of backtracking. You kind of you upgrade your powers, you can unlock new areas, and you kind of just have this kind of one very large map to kind of move. Two D action through. RPG kind of things, sort of yeah. Without no, with not much of the RPG element to it. Maybe on the Castlevania side there is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Castlevania there's more RPG mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so yeah, I. The most experience I've had with a Metroid game was when uh, the Nintendo Online stuff came on and they had the SNES games and I tried playing Super Metroid and gave up after an hour because playing that on Joy-Cons is hellish. Oh, it's fine. It, not with Joy-Cons, man. Oh, it's impossible fine. to control. Down left, right on the Joy-Cons is shite. It's yeah, fine. It's I terrible. beat it. Yes, I know, but you... you, you your Switch was, like, grafted to your hands. <laughs> no, 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 actually, actually, I played it on the Switch Lite, I've just remembered. Mm. So, so you had a D-pad. D-pad. Yeah, so I had a D-pad, yeah. So yeah. my comment is null and void. I will go back in my yeah. hole. <laughs> yeah. Try try and play it on your big boy uh, no. switch. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I've got a good pad for it. Uh yeah, so anyway, so yeah, when that came out, I I tried to play it and kind of really failed it because yeah, the, those the, the directional buttons on the switch are really kind of poor and you need very precise control because Samus moves in a in a very very 1990s kind of way and it's very easy to die if you move incorrectly. Shall we say? But you know, I got an appreciation of it. I, I understood it, but I've seen seen plenty of like videos on it and speed runs of it and stuff like that. So I know what Metroid is about. So this game came out. It's the first one for was it nearly twenty years? Oh my God, maybe fifteen years, something like game that. It's the, was the last one, wasn't it? No, it's it, so it's the sequel to Metroid Fusion, which nineteen years ago D- on um, Game Boy Advance. DS. Oh, Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Shit. They've done Metroid someone... since, but they've been they've been remakes like uh, Samus Returns. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, so it's the first one for a very long time. Wow. Mainline one, yeah, yeah. And um, it's incredible. It's oh, it's amazing. That was that. <laughs> like narratively, it's a load of bullshit. You don't need to care about the narrative. It it, it was the narrative was written on the back of a fag packet in a pub. See, which you know? is weird because Fusion had a lot of chatting and other M on the on the uh, Wii. Yeah, we don't talk about other M. Though. That was supposed to be terrible. <laughs> it is. Federation Force was supposed to be better than that. It was. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, um, the the narrative kind of doesn't make much sense as to why Samus would be on this planet. But anyway, she goes to this planet called ZDR or something like that uh, mm. in hunt of the seven Emmy devices, E M M I which are these um, self-configurating robots that are designed to look for stuff. 
It can be like rescue bots, so they can uh, hunt things down, anything like that. Almost like robot bounty hunters. Yeah. And they've been on this planet, and they and the signal has gone. So Samus goes to find out what's going on. Oh. She lands on the planet. She gets attacked by, you have to, is it Chozo? Yeah, Chozo. Yeah, attacked by some badass Chozo guy, loses all of her shit, as she does at the beginning of every game, it's apparently. Not, it's not Ridley or anything, is it? The big pterodactyl. No, no, no. Oh, that's fine then. It's just like a warrior-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, Chozo thing. Yeah, so she loses all her abilities and then has to start finding them of again. Of course she loses all her abilities. <laughs> of course. Um, the game is gorgeous. It's one of the best-looking Switch games I've played. Oh. It runs at a buttery smooth 60 frames oh. a second. Like, I've not, I've been playing it for about five or six hours now. I've not had a single frame drop. Oh. The Emmys are fucking terrifying. They are... The, like I say, there are these self-configurating robots. They stalk through the map hunting you. Oh, shit. Think like a robot version of Mr. X or from Nemesis. Resident Evil 2. Or Nemesis, yeah. Um, when you walk into an area, if there's one nearby, it can hear you across the map. So you'll get like a little radar ping if it spots roughly where you are, then it'll come to investigate. A little bit like Metal Gear Solid, if you yeah. make a noise that a guard will find. It's just a box. Yeah. <laughs> when it spots you, it chases you. And when it chases you, it's fucking fast. <laughs> really? It's really fucking fast. So you can't and, like, um, kill them or out like that? So you, can't, you, you get this Omega beam thing when you beat the first boss, and that is the one way to kill them. Right, okay, okay. But once, once you've killed one, you've used your charge up of the Omega beam. Oh, shit. Okay. So you have, so to, you get, have to kill bosses get to get the energy. Yeah, oh, wow. These things. But so when, when they're coming at you... Um, you, you turn on this Omega Beam thing and you've got to shoot the armor off the head and then use a charge shot to kill them. Mm. Um, when, you, when you go into the, the, the shooting, to, when you equip the Omega Beam, the camera tilts, so normally it's like a 2D side on screen, but then the camera tilts over Samus's shoulder as you're shooting at this thing, which is crawling slowly towards you, menacingly, <laughs> so menacingly. It's fucking unreal. And then... So where you get the shield off, and then you have to then charge up the shot to kill it. But if it's too close to you, it'll just kill you, and it one-shots you every time. Oh. You can't defend against it. It's so intense. And I, I didn't with the first Emmy I fought, I really didn't like it. I thought, no, this isn't for me. And then when I got to the second one and started like really enjoying the chase, I'm like, oh, no, no, I like this. <laughs> it's stressful as all fuck, but it's so good. Oh, you're proper selling you, it for me, mate. You, you need it, Oodles. Oh, oh, God. This, I, I know I said about Deathloop, but this one might be my game of the year. Like, really? I, I'm not even halfway through it, and it's, it's just I can't stop thinking about it. I already owe Stig 300 quid. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it, it also made me realise something about what, I, what the game, kind of games I'm starting to enjoy. I'm really starting to enjoy tense games. Ooh, yeah. yes, yes, like mate. I'm, like I'm, I'm think, thinking back to like the games that have really kind of stuck with me over the last kind of couple of years and like stuff like Death Stranding um, so there's Metroid Dread uh, stuff in some of the stuff in Deathloop yeah. um, about two of the levels in Resident Evil 8 like it's all the stuff that like is really tense not necessarily you don't have to be being chased but oh, you don't where, have to be scared it's more the tension building yeah, it, yeah it's not the mm. horror it's the, it's the tension building it's the knowing that like one fuck up and you've lost this level you've got oh, to start mate. again or something I can't like that. wait for you to play Metal Gear Solid 3 remake I can't fucking wait it's as so long tense. as it's got colorblind filter, oh, that'll be great. So <laughs> tense. I can always gauge how tense a game is by how much I'm actually sitting on the sofa. Like the less of my ass is on the sofa, and the the closer I'm leaning, the more tense it is. Well, I, I mean, I mean, some some of these cha- some of these chases with the Emmy, it's been like that thing with, uh, from The Simpsons where Marge just sat kind of halfway in the in the middle of the living room. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> she's not realised. She's off the edge been, of her seat. Yeah, she's been scrooching up to. Oh, that's so fucking good to know. Yeah, oh. it's um, yeah, it's really good. Apparently, it's not very long. Apparently, it's only like eight or nine hours long. That's fine for so, a Metroidvania. They don't have to be ridiculous because yeah. because there'll be loads of collectibles that you can hundred percent and double. Yeah, time. Look, yeah. It's one good thing that I like about it. Like the map will tell you if the, if you if you've missed yeah. a secret in an area. You can you can complete an way. you can complete Symphony of the Night in four hours, but. If you want to do everything, it's going to take you about twenty hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's got some gorgeous set pieces. Um, the level design is brilliant. The, all these kind of really intricate little mazes, and it's really nice when you just like get through a door that you've not seen before. And you're like, oh, I'm back here again. It's great. This will and, do me f- until Silk Song comes out, really, won't it? Absolutely. Yeah. This this will this will scratch that itch, that Metroidvania itch. Never that comes out. Oh God, come out, Silk Song, please. It's <laughs> come so, out. Uh, yeah, buy Metroid Dread because it's really fucking good. I've seen it quite cheap in places as well. I've seen it as low as thirty quid. Yeah, I've seen some sales. I got on Amazon for like forty nine ninety nine. You can live with that. You can live with that. Yeah. Excellent Metroid Dread. Pick it up, Switch lovers. Candy, what have you been doing? Uh, yeah, I've done quite a few things this week. All of which, of course, have been covered already. So I'm going to just rattle through them quite quickly. Um, I finished watching Midnight Mass, which I. Did enjoy. I wow. think it was probably a little bit longer than it needed to be. I loved it. Yeah, I, it just, I felt like the latter few episodes dragged a bit. The last episode was good, um, but I did really enjoy the kind of the more philosophical side of the series and the mm. discussions on religion and death. Um, that was a bit unexpected, actually. I was expecting more of an all-out horror. Um, I didn't know. Not I'm so not going to spoil it for anyone. I didn't know the direction it was going until it, I was like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I went, what the fuck? I just went into it completely blind. I thought and, it was going to be a uh, ghost thing again. But yeah, so did I. No ghost. And I even I thought it would be sort of more like I said, like more of a horror, but it it wasn't really. I mean, there were horror elements, but that wasn't the point of the thing, was it? It was. Do you to... know what it reminded me of uh, with the dialogue and that? Did you ever see Kevin Smith's uh, Red State? Yes. It reminded oh, me I of that. that in all so long, all these yeah. massive long religious monologues for like. 15 minutes straight with no cuts. It did that, didn't yeah. it? A few times. I was like, whoa. It was very, very talky. Actually, it was quite... It's not unlike a Kevin Smith film because they're yeah. all very talky, aren't they? That's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good there's comparison. One, there's, one, there's one cut that I saw and it's, it, it was on a thing I read about as well. See, I think it's like a 13-minute a cut of one mm. guy talking. <laughs> and I was completely hooked as well. Though. I didn't find myself drifting off at all. I was, I was actually oh, like, so good. listening to all of it. But... Um, yeah, just the last few episodes, I thought probably some bits were a little bit unnecessary, but mm-hmm. overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I went to see the new Bond. Um, oh, what did you think? I thought Daniel Craig was really, really good in it. I thought the action was good, but it's a Bond film, so it has to be. Um, I thought the story was absolutely dire. Thank you. Um, oh. Yeah, like you said, Gadget, there was no reason for the big bad to be doing what he was doing. And um He's a really, really good actor as well, and they just did not give him enough to do. He had Is about five Rami lines Malik? the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. he's fucking he's normally really brilliant. intense. He's really good. Yeah, he's, well, and, he, yeah. It's 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 like I said in my review. Like he's just playing kind of foreign weirdo again. Absolutely. Mm. And, and I know in the classic Bonds, the baddies were bad just because they were bad. <laughs> yeah, but, but they were camper films, weren't they? They weren't exactly. Serious. Times have changed now, and people do question these things and you don't take it for face value as I want to know exactly what the plan was because apparently there wasn't any. Um, but the, I mean, I did it. It was a good <laughs> cinematic romp. 
it's a good old popcorn film. Mm. So um, I would it's, have been disappointed. It's not to weird see it. that like people are saying like these that like oh it's so like weird. Rami Malek, his character, it doesn't make sense. This is coming from a series now. The um, Daniel Craig ones where he's bashing people's heads on urinals and stuff like. That. Do you know what I mean? It's like a proper grounded, down to earth Bond. But it seems everyone keeps saying it's a bit daft. This last one, and the. <sighs> They're all perf- like pretty well. They're, they're a good series of Bond films. There's an overarching story in it, and this guy just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, mm. like 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 the wizard at the end of Wizard of Oz, just behind the curtain. <laughs> it was me all along. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not even like it's a me all along thing. He's just the next bad guy. Oh god! Mm. It's like he's not be- he's not part of Spectre. He's not being manipulated by Spectre or anything I'm just like that. Bad like he's guy. got. He's, he's he's got no association with Spectre other than there is one plot point in the film, but. <sighs> It shouldn't be like the, he shouldn't be like the overriding bad guy for the fifth film in this in the saga. It's all right. We'll see Tom Hardy in three years doing it. No, I don't think it'll be him. I think it'll be somebody a bit more unknown. Mm. Although I would like Stig. to see Tom Hardy. It might be Stig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's got all quiet. He had to be quiet then. Oh shit! We nearly revealed. There's that NDA. <laughs> uh, been cracking on with Death Stranding as well. Um, I'm on to, I've uh, got to the sort of main map now, so I've quite been quite taken aback by just how much the map's changed. Um, not in t- just in terms of the sort of scenery and stuff. There's so much more vegetation. There seems to be a lot yeah. more streams than I remember. There is. Um, there's rocks that were just flat out not there before, like specific rock formations, and I remember it quite yeah. clearly. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm misremembering as well, but it feels as if you, you're you're getting some equipment much earlier uh, earlier points you're in getting, the game. You're getting newer equipment and equipment that weren't even in the original game, but you are getting it yeah. earlier. Uh, there's also like gadget. I remember as well the junkyard. Remember mm. trying to get yeah. to the junkyard. It's been cleaned up. Yeah. It's been cleaned up. Yeah. Oh, thank fuck for that. That was <laughs> such a pain in the dick. That's actually the bit that I did today. Yeah, it's been proper cleaned up. You can get there really easily. It's mm. uh, there's, there's a lot of scenery that they've changed just for the better. There's it makes the vistas look better though, doesn't it? Yeah, and like I anything. was um, the first time I had to go up to the uh, the not not the wind farm the um, time the weather station. Oh, weather station, yeah. Um, and where I would normally sort of uh, plot the map, I could just look with my I could see it all the way in the distance. So I was like, I can see it, so I'm just going to go to it. So it's, just, it's amazing just how much you can see and how much. Of the yeah. map is rendered at the There's same time. There's less fog, isn't there now? Yeah, it's just I, I just love it. It's a get off. I could. It's so weird to me how some people you either absolutely love it or you hate it. There's no kind of middle ground. There's, a, there's no one that said, "Yeah, it's all right." Quite enjoyed it. It really, it either really resonates with you or you just don't get it at I all. I think it's transcendent. It's just absolutely spellbinding from start to finish. It's, it's an experience. Yeah, I can't wait for you to see the uh, the extra bits. Near the end, it's it, I will fucking cry in. So, oh well, I cried the first time, but I always cry at games. Um, there's so many people playing it as well. I don't know if you found the same thing, but I'm seeing structures like springing up all around me, like roads being built. And every time I call out, I'll get a reply as well. So there's lots more people. Yeah, so, it all at do once you know when you first get to um when you when you first leave the main city and you and and then they say go to the go to the um through the forest uh, the the wind farm. Wind and farm, it's yeah. horrible, an horrible, nasty, tense moment. That many people were playing it that week when I got it, like week one. There was already zip lines to get me across. <laughs> <laughs> like, woo, bad dickheads. And there was like full highways when I got to the middle of America scene, like yeah. the biggest map. There was just highways. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah, most of the roads were already built by the time I got there as well, which it made things easier. But it's, it, it does, but it's also, I wonder how much of the challenge 
being taken away from the game is going to spoil the experience for new players. I don't think it does. I think it makes it better. It makes it because, mm-hmm. like, even Sam himself, he's got more moves. Like, he, he can power bomb people and stuff now. I don't know if you've tried yeah. it. <laughs> he's like a wrestler now. He can do loads of weird. <laughs> he can do that jump it flying lariat kick or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It just makes the game play so much better. And like the fact that you don't have to like wait. Even though narratively, if you kill somebody in that game, it, they're going to blow up. Mm. They don't blow up anymore. <laughs> so it's good. Oh, if you... I, haven't, I haven't had any void outs yet, luckily. Either, yeah, because so... it, it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it just makes it more fun. Like you can start using guns because there were guns in the game, but you didn't want to use them. You didn't want to kill anybody. And but now did, you can just, and, and just blast yeah, the bastards. I'm, I'm sure that we didn't get guns till much later in the game either. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you didn't get normal guns until Near the end. after you met Mama. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we I've already got quite I've got um the bowler gun and yeah. the anti BT gun as well already. Yeah. It's just it's just a um, much more fun stream like don't bother with the cart racing, it's boring. But you're gonna have to try it for the uh for the trophy anyway, aren't you? Oh of course. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> and the last thing I've done very briefly is I watched a documentary called Britney versus Spears. And it's a documentary about obviously Britney Spears. It's about her court case. Um, to basically win back control of her own life. Um, so she was placed in a really controversial conservatorship presided mm. over by her father um, okay. since 2008. And it's just, it, it's uh, whether you like Britney Spears or not, I can quite understand why you wouldn't. Um, but the, the situation that she's been put in is just, it's, it's disgusting the way it's been allowed to happen in this day and age. She's basically literally a slave. So I don't know um, nothing about this at all. It's not yeah, something uh, I've been privy to. It's not my scene. So but her, her father controls all of her money, everything that she does with her time. He's the one that's responsible for um, telling her what she's going to do in terms of shows. And that's horrible. Basically her whole life. And she actually has to ask his permission to buy school books for her kids. And there was, um, I think for her birthday, her special treat was that she was allowed to drive her car by herself for 20 minutes, being followed what? by a bunch of people. She's yeah, a woman. She's, yeah, exactly. She's a forty-year-old woman almost, and she just owns no aspect of her life. And um, the Fucking documentary hell. ends with this kind of monologue that she's given in the latest court case, and she actually has. It seems as though she actually has found a voice, and it's actually quite moving. Um, so I've got a little bit of a newfound um, respect for, her, and I certainly, certainly more supportive of her as a uh, as an artist. But yeah, I hope she um, gets out of this horrible situation. Telling you now, Toxic's a banger. It's a banger. She, uh, she has, I think. Oh, oh, she actually has. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, she. Yeah, she, she's got. She's. Yeah, I think. I think her dad's come off it now. She's got. Her, she's still in a conservatorship, mm. but she's got her own lawyer doing it now. Yeah. How, how could, how could that, that even happen? Is it just bad because she was young and things were signed? So, so do, 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 do you remember? Do you remember when Britney had the meltdown and she shaved yes, her head and all I do, that yeah. stuff? Yeah, so when that happened, um, Jamie Spears, her dad, applied to the court to put her under like psych evaluations oh, right. and stuff like that. I get, yeah. And as as part of that, the judge granted um, him conservatorship. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. In, in America, conservatorships normally last either a few months for someone who's had like a breakdown yeah. or something like that, yeah. or is incapable of handling their life, or is someone who was like ninety five and can't be trusted to handle their own Absolutely. money. Absolutely. Like they, they do it for rich billionaires and that, don't they, when they get to the end of their lives and stuff like that. Yeah, stop stop people taking advantage of yeah. them. The problem is, and it's quite unusual for someone so young, there was no end date put on the conservatorship. That's so fucking wild. Mm. So 
Britney Spears in 2008 when she was going through the worst time in her life when she had like cameras like right in her face all the time. Yeah. People like re- like breaking into her house to like, like look through a look through her rubbish and stuff like that to gossip about her. She has this breakdown and then her dad just kind of swoops in and takes control of her life and no judge has ever said this needs to be reviewed every year or every five years or whatever. Wow. No, just for for life. That's and horrible. She's, she's, she's tried so many times to like get out of it as well. Like kind of. Because I bet um, he's been spending her fucking money behind her back, hasn't he? Well, that's that's what the rumours are saying, mm. that he's like squandered about half I bet he's not skint, of, is he? Well, it's it's reckoned that he might have spent, and this is allegedly, Ozzy, I don't know this. this is all yeah, we don't want to be sued by him. No. <laughs> But apparently, the rumours are that he spent about half of her fortune. Fuck. And I bet it was That's on top of his 10% fee. Yeah. Wow. Gross. Fucking horrible bastard. Mm. Ugh. Anyway, we'll get Brittany on the show and she can tell us everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's uh, that's been my week. So sorry it's been nothing particularly new, but um, I thought I'd just give my... uh, Busy though. worth on what we've been doing. Nice and jam-packed. Yeah, At least you weren't just watching Spider-Man all week. <laughs> that's no, that's next week. That's weird. Yeah, get them watched. Anyway, Stig, what have you been doing? You been watching Spider-Man? I haven't been watching Spider-Man, no. But you're um, gonna now. No, no, I'm not. Uh, the I forgot to talk about this last week, just quickly, um, because I binged all of Cobra Kai. Oh, yes. Recently, yes. and I finished it. I don't know why I forgot. I had it in my notes to talk about last week. I just forgot. Um, but yeah, it's really enjoyable, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? It's proper dad. So good for like a, a a show that's based on this these characters who are rivals because of a karate competition when they were like <laughs> sixteen. It's it's really daft, but I'm kind of really intrigued in uh, Johnny and um, Daniel's like tale. The I, dynamic I, I, switch, doesn't it? It's so yeah. Good. Yeah, but I really like the adult stuff more than the kids stuff. The kids so stuff do gets, I, mate. The kids stuff gets a bit corny. What, when uh, they're having fights in the fucking school and in stuff the school like, like, in like the Power morning, Rangers? That. Yeah. <laughs> and like breaking into each other's houses and having this big like brawl in the house <gasps> and stuff. I mean, it is corny, but it's so self-aware as well. It oh, doesn't yeah. hide from being corny. It loves it. I um, love it, mate. Martin Cove is still brilliant as John Kreese. Yep. Even yeah, better, is. I think, now than he was in the, in the he films. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He knows yeah. exactly what he's fucking doing. Yeah, he's really good. The only thing that I can't suspend my disbelief disbelief for is Eli. I just can't see him as a a fighter or a badass or anything. It's like no matter how many tattoos and like stupid, it don't work, does it? Different mohawks you give him, like no, he just (laughs) just doesn't come across as capable of being able to do what the show wants you to believe. It reminds me of um, I don't know which one it is from Barry Bulk and Skull. What the the skinny one? I think it was Skull, wasn't it? Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of him. It's like, fuck yeah. off. Remember when they became Bobbies as well? Wow, Power Rangers were weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's, there's, a, there's an episode title. Wow, Power Rangers were weird. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that the other week, but yeah, I've really enjoyed that. It's and good, man. Uh, season four is out very soon, so that's pretty good. Um, a couple of things, new things I did this week, though, is first up, I watched with my kids a new kids film called Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, I've been seeing this advertised Ron's over Instagram. Wrong. Yeah, that's so, another tough one to say when you're from Yorkshire as well. Wrong, gone wrong. Ron's gone wrong. <laughs> gone wrong. Uh, so this is about a young boy called Barney who um, he can't afford a bebot, but everyone else in school has one. And bebots are the, these little robots which all the kids have with them, and they 
just you know social media and oh likes and videos and it records everything they do like it's, it's the whole life yeah like, like a mobile like phone that's a mobile you. phone but yeah but a little robot that follows you around and and just records that'll everything. be soon guys that'll be soon and he eventually gets one but he's given a broken one one that can't connect to the network and can't go online so it only has basic functions but it because it's not connected to the network, it starts to develop its own personality and starts to develop stuff that the other robots don't. And it obviously, it, it learns new things and learns things it's not programmed to do. And it's just a story about, obviously, it, it's that typical, oh, hey, kids, here's a story about not being too connected to everything. Don't spend all your time on your phone. Don't spend all your time with screens. Don't care about likes and videos and your TikTok views and everything. Like, but look make at sure these you two- check out this QR code. Yeah, <laughs> but look, look at these two like <laughs> offline and having an absolute beaut time. Yeah, and playing in the park that- and stuff. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of sentimental, you know, films t- to teach kids about things like that, about friendship and how bullying's wrong and all that kind of stuff and how s- social media lives don't mean anything. You need you should have friendship in real life, you know, don't do it through a computer, blah, blah, blah. But it was funny and enjoyable and it's what good, a good one to watch with your kids. My kids really liked it. I laughed at uh, a lot of the jokes on it. It's not as good as um, Mitchell's versus the Machines, no. which has like a kind of a similar uh, premise behind it. Uh, but it was enjoyable, pretty good. If you've got kids, young age, you know, eight or under or something, they're going to really enjoy it. What's it called again? Ron's Gone Wrong. I have to say it slow. Ron's <laughs> Gone Wrong. Gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it stars Zach Galifianakis as, as Ron oh, the Robot. Yeah. Olivia Coleman's in it. Ed oh, Helms. Wow. Uh, Rob Delaney. So, Fucking hell, that's a cast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justice Smith, who was the guy out of the... Pokemon film, Detective yeah. Pikachu. Is it a cartoon or a CGI yes. thing? Yes, yeah, CGI cartoon. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other one I really wanted to talk about was Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. Now, that is all over Twitter, that at the moment. So, Halloween Kills is the follow up to the 2018 reboot. It is the second part of a trilogy by David Gordon Green. And this takes place directly after the 2018 film. So, bit of spoilers about that one I'm going to talk about is at the end of that film, Laurie Strode, Jimmy Lee Curtis and her daughter and granddaughter leave Michael Myers in a burning house, trapped yeah. in a burning house. Film starts with them escaping the house and the fire trucks going the other way because naturally if, as a house is burning down, the fire department will turn up. Yeah. Um, because they don't know Michael's down there, uh, he's managed to hide behind something and survive, kind of it. Sit, survive it. And then he just kills all the firemen <gasps> and he's free. That's all in the trailer, that bit. I mean, there's a lot of kills in the trailer, to be fair. Hmm. But yeah, um, he manages to take out about 10 firemen by himself. They're all there with <laughs> axes and, and hose. You know, you know how powerful those hoses are? Yeah, like and how, the, how, yeah. how big <laughs> firemen tend to be. Yeah, he just... <laughs> No problem for Michael Myers. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Michael Myers then goes back to Hattonfield and uh, starts to terrorise people. And it starts to tell... It starts well. We get some flashback scenes to 1978. We get some flashback scenes to the night of him uh, terrorising Jim Lee Curtis and her yeah. friends and things and what led up to his capture. Um, 
And then about halfway through, it just really goes off the rails. Like some of the dialogue is really bad. Some of the setups with the with the town people are just shocking. Like they they start chanting this chant, which is just like it's just so awful. And and I get what they're going for. They get they are trying to show that Michael's driving this town crazy. Like and all of a sudden they become mob and want yeah. justice. And they yeah. go looking for him as a mob. But then he starts to do the really stupid horror tropes where a group of people go off together and goes, we must stick together because that's the safest thing. And then they get to where they need to go. And like, the old, you yeah, go the guys, way, I go the guys like, you guys wait here, I'll go in first. And you're like, what? Did you, you know how? Do the, does, it, does it do the thing where, oh, no, my We all know how that's going to end, flash, right? My flashlight, <laughs> my flashlight's blinking. No, oh, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't do that, but it, it, it's up there. with Some of the stuff that happens is up there with it. And Jim Lee Curtis takes a backseat in this as well. It's kind of uh, pushed onto her daughter and granddaughters. It's more their story, mainly because at the end of the last film, she got stabbed in the gut, in the stomach with a massive knife. So she's in hospital. She can't really do anything. That's enough, isn't it? Incapacitate you a yeah. little bit. But it feels a little bit like, oh, we've not really got anything for her to do, so let's just have her in the hospital and have some dialogue about it. Um, Michael Myers looks really cool like with a burnt mask. He's got this like burnt-out mask look on his face, and all, like, half his mask is charred, and the hair on the top is kind of all singed and burnt, and that looks pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, it's just... A bit of a mess. They tried to bring legacy characters back, characters that you don't really care about. Like it's, it's like, oh, remember these four <laughs> characters from the first film? Like one of the girls that got away, or this person, that yeah. person. You know, yeah. and you're like, not really. Like, <laughs> oh yes, she's here, but yeah, not Laurie, really. Laurie <laughs> Strode is the main character from yeah. that film. She's the only one I remember. I don't remember all the other random lot. Um, I think so, it, yeah, it's a shame what's happened to that frat because the original John Carpenter, the first one. I think first one's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah, the first one's great. And, the, and then he got mystical, didn't he? He got like, like he, he turned, went down that Jason uh, Voorhees route where he's an unstoppable force of nature. So, this is the other problem I've got with this film is that they didn't seem to do that with the reboot mm. the, a couple of years ago. He's back to kind of being that stalker, a man, Michael, a man. A man. Mm. This one, the body count is. It's too high. Me and, me and Kate counted it as a, at least minimum 30 people. That's too high. It's too he high. Ki- he killed three people in the original. Freddy Krueger killed three people in the first and we, one. And we counted it. We're like, <laughs> right, we don't know how many firemen are, so let's let's go with 10. Let's yeah. let's say there was about 10. And then we were counting it as long how many went up. But the kills are gruesome, inventive, yeah. and that's all this film is about. This film is more about how inventive and gruesome can Michael kill these people. And that's about it. That is all you're going to get from this film, unfortunately. Um, I did quite like the 2018 movie, but it wasn't incredible. I liked Obviously, it. didn't stand up to the original, but it was a nice follow-on, and it kind of got rid of all the shite that they, like, two, four, five, and six, and all that, that all that crap. Um, there's a nice little Easter egg for Halloween 3 in this, though, which I did enjoy. Oh. Yeah. So I've, I've the just season of the witch. 20. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he kills 20, 27 people in this film. That's too many. That Ooh, is so far. I went, went far off with 30 then. Yeah, that's far too yeah. many for one normal deranged man to do, and I to think. And to be fair, that's probably the person guessing as well, because there are scenes where you can't really tell how many people there are there, but he manages yeah. to take them all out. It's just stupid. Just someone just shoot him in the head. Yeah, he's a man. Why, why is it that there's a big mob of people there <laughs> and the only people with guns in America and the only people with guns in America can't shoot for shit. 
the the country where people get shot up in libraries on a Sunday. It's Come like, on, I, just shoot this guy in the head, and he's done with. Like, but they treat him like a Jason Voorhees character, and it's not what makes Michael good in the first film. It's the stalker, it's stalkish nature of him. It's the like the disappearing of him when you turn your back. Yeah, and fuck, that, where's he gone? And John Carpenter moment where you think you see him in background blurred, and then. You don't see him. Yeah, but this is just edge. full on. Let's just watch him go and kill a lot of people. <laughs> and in the first it's, one, it's in the fun original, to watch people die. <laughs> in, the, in the original, he's got big bright orange hair, big white face, and a jumpsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's jumpsuit and everything, and this is same mask and that. But I always uh, want to know how he gets about places. Like, because he's a man, he's still got to eat. Wait, wait, does he take his mask off and go to like McDonald's and stuff? It never no explains idea. any of this. I tell you what, actually, Kate showed me a really good, a funny video about that. Um, on the internet, it basically shows you know how in these films where someone will run away, but the killer's always right behind them. Yeah, like regardless yeah. of how fast they are, they could drive away, and then all of a sudden the killer just catches up. <laughs> yeah, there's this video where it shows like the woman running away, and then the guy in like a uh, Michael Myers mask, and it cuts to him like running through people's back gardens and jumping over fences, and, like, <laughs> and, like, and then getting himself all like ready to like stalk them slowly after, like as he comes through that's a gate. That's what it has to be, though, wouldn't it? Like, that's, yeah, the, the, these that's that's why I think Jason does work because it is in the in the mythos that he is a supernatural entity. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So you can just expect it. I'm Freddy pretty Kruger's sure same. it's four or five Halloween. One of them, she drives off, hides in a bathroom. Yeah, miles away, and he turns up. But he, but he turns up and finds yeah. her in the right stall. And I'm like, oh god, that's just so stupid. They, they, they really are flogging a dead horse with this franchise at this it's point. It's so like, iconic, know, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I know. Like the, the 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 remake in 2018 was supposed to be like a really good film, it, or, or at least one of the better ones yeah. of the franchise. But then, yeah, they just see, for every when you get these kind of remakes of classic horror films, and the same goes for a lot of the Jason films and that. They, they just they seem for every good film they do, there's like about fifteen of them where it's just oh well, we know he kills people, so let's just put everyone in there to die. Yeah, that's what this is. And they never like, seem to release them on Halloween either. Such a weird thing. Always before. <laughs> well, it is October. Yeah. Yeah, you know, get in the mood for spooky. I suppose some countries have the full month as Halloween, don't they? <laughs> yeah, some people would say you know like this is like the eleventh film in a Halloween franchise if you include Rob Zombie ones and stuff. No one includes Rob Zombie and, ones. Um, <laughs> I did like the first one. The second one was fucking terrible. Oh God, so bad. Yeah, the second one was bad. Um, yeah. But when you say this is a reboot and we're starting again and we're going to try and do something a little different, you expect that maybe they've got something and the writing's there and the direction's there, but it really isn't. So I've always wanted to see it. And I was reading, um, I think it was Francis Ford Coppola, he was talking about Halloween. On, a, on an interview, I, read, I think it was a book that I on uh, on Audible, and he was saying like he'd love to do an Halloween film where the camera never stops following um, Michael Myers on his day to day business. Wouldn't that be <laughs> fucking incredible? Just to, not even as a comedy, just to see what he does because mm. he must yeah. be waiting for hours sometimes, <laughs> just stood looking through a bush. Oh, yeah, I just what, got visions of a cat coming of out. <laughs> Yeah. Giving it, giving the cat a little stroke. Yeah, he probably stinks. Yeah. He probably stinks. <laughs> Tripping over something. You probably see him like eating junk food and because he's a big guy. And Donald Pleasant were a big guy as well, who played him originally, wasn't he? He was a big fucking guy. And it's just whoever plays him is always a big. So he's got to get that protein somewhere. <laughs> he's got, where's he working out? <laughs> Ironing his overalls. I want to see this uh, Ford Coppola version of Halloween. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, the music's still brilliant, obviously, because it just takes John Carpenter's yeah. music and does that. So the music is brilliant, but everything else is, unfortunately, a bit shit. Mm. It's a shame, but you've got to watch horror films in October. Yeah, it's got to be done, hasn't it? Right, let's move on to the uh, main topic at hand. Um, Biggie 2, what are we going to be doing this week? All right, it's Biggie here. I'm back. I got back to the <laughs> podcasting time. This week, we're going to be talking about one and done. When things are done, when and to the point of done, and you love them. <laughs> Thank you very much, Biggie Two, for that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> to explain to people that have, have got brain cells, um, one and done is this is probably a, one of the most subjective topics we've done in a while because it's our personal one and done media that we've consumed once and done with it. <laughs> Basically, um, let's mix stuff up. We're going to start with candy. What? What is your one and done? I had so many for this. I found it really, really difficult to choose. But I went with uh, Requiem for a Dream. Um, and now, like I said to you earlier in the Discord, the ironic thing about this is I did actually have to watch it again today. <laughs> yeah. So you broke <laughs> to your rule, get out. <clears throat> well, it came out in 2001, I think it was. I haven't written it in my notes. Really, um, I think so. Yeah. And I think it was around that time that I watched it. So I'm like, I have to do it again. I thoroughly stick by my decision. I should have just watched it once. <laughs> um, so for those who haven't seen it um requiem for a dream it's um like a psycho i call it a psychological drama um starring ellen burstein jared leto jared leto sorry jennifer connelly and marlon wayans 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 yes sorry wayans and it's um based on a book in 1978 by uh hubert selby jr and they said could never be adapted into a film no well <laughs> I had, did you ever read the book? Yes. Anyone? Yes. It was um, that was difficult to read as well. But yes, it by, is. By the, for different reasons, hmm. um, lack of grammar for one. Yeah, it's a bad book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bad book. Uh, so the we'll, we'll focus on the film. So the film it's a it's a depiction of um, four characters who are differently <clears throat> affected by drug addiction, and just the toll it takes on their lives over their course over the course of about six months. Um, now, the director was Darren Aronofsky, mm -hmm. and you would have seen his other films, or you would have heard of his other films. So you've got Pi, The Fountain, The Wrestler, which was critically acclaimed, Fucking Black love Swan that. as well, Noah, and Mother, which, uh, yikes. Yeah. One of the better ones. Mother's yeah. um, well, great. <laughs> no. Yes, it is. The Wrestler's <laughs> better. The Wrestler's oh, yeah, the wrestler better. Is Black better, Swan's but... better. Black Swan's incredible. Oh, Black Swan's, yeah, it's mesmerizing. Black Swan was actually on my shortlist as well, but I've managed to see that a couple of times. Um, but anyway, that, that gives you a sort of idea of the tone the film takes. It's kind of visceral and gritty and so it has almost an overpowering soundtrack, but it just kind of teeters on the edge of being effective. Mm. Um, and the visuals don't shy away from like the grotesque, um, even though it's not, it, there's no gruesome bits, but it's just... There's a lot of bright really light. Yeah, it's just really gritty, and um, I think I think some of his films they could be arguably pretentious. Oh, um, definitely, but that's, <laughs> but that's a, that's another topic for another day. Um, <laughs> well, there we go. Get that the thing. Pretentious films. Pretentious films. <laughs> Write that um, one down. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we will never before, run out of topics. <laughs> never, not on this show. Um, but yeah, no. The, before I talk about why it's a one and done for me, um, it's. 
So I'm going to have to talk about I know this is going to be difficult, this, isn't it? When when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. It is because it's 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 such a brilliant film. (laughs) It's such a brilliant film. So as I I mentioned, it's probably most famous for its soundtrack by Clint Mansell. Um, And even if you haven't seen the film, you probably have heard the soundtrack in one way or another because it's it's used quite often. Please insert um, this now, Gadget. You'll know it, the main theme. Okay. So yeah, that one you, you would have, I'm sure, heard it somewhere. It's always used in adverts yeah. and and um, to illustrate a dramatic scene in anything, I think. Um, but the acting is in it is absolutely incredible. Oh, in particular, is. Ellen Burstyn's performance. Um, so you might know her from The Exorcist. She played the mum. Yeah, that's certainly what I recognised her from. Um, so at, at the beginning of the film, her character gets a phone call informing her that she's been selected to go on this daytime TV show, one that she sits at home. Um, she's a middle-aged woman. She sits at home watching TV all day, but she gets this phone call to say that she's going to star in the show, um, and that kind of prompts her to start taking diet pills and getting herself ready to be seen on TV. Now, the diet pills are essentially speed. Yeah, she's on speed. <laughs> yeah, pet, pet pills, they're described. Yeah. It's speed. Um, so her psychological well-being breaks down throughout the film, but there's this midpoint in the film, and... It's when she's explaining to us, and who's played by Jared Leto, that why she's why it's so important to her. She's saying, you know, she's a she's an older lady. Her son's moved out. Her husband's obviously passed away, and being on TV is just the only thing that is giving her life any kind of meaning. It's the only thing she's making, waking up for now on a morning and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's making all the, her her friends talk to her. She gets the best seat. That they all sit out sunbathing. She gets the best seat sunbathing. But this. This monologue she has is just absolutely incredible. If you if you ever watch it, the acting in it is just um, it's just really brilliant and really really moving. And that's a scene that didn't really hit with me. I think the first time I watched it, because um, being a lot younger then, I, I sort of I mean obviously I'm not at that age now, but I can see I can see where she's coming from. Um, yeah, some mornings it's hard emot- to just get up, isn't it? And. <sighs> Con- and you sometimes feel like you've got nothing to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. So, and, you know. so you make little steps in your mind. Don't you? Oh, I've got this coming up in three months. So yeah, yeah. but it was so it's so such a moving scene, and that um, kind of spurs Jared Leto's character to take a um, a bit of a downward spiral as well, because it kind of affects him. Um, Jared Leto as well. He's a with the exception of one or two films that we won't mention, but you know the ones. Um, he's a consistently <laughs> good actor. Um, <clears throat> The way the film's shot as well, it just it makes you feel constant dread and it actually makes you feel like you're losing the plot. That's certainly how I felt this afternoon watching it. Um, because it's... Uh, what I noticed today is as the film goes on, it, um, it alternates between shots and scenes m- much more rapidly as the film goes on. So it, it makes your head feel like it, you're sort of constantly spinning. Yeah. <clears throat> it makes you feel dizzy yourself. And along with the soundtrack, it, which kind of goes out of time and out of tune. And, you tried um, to do that with a book where chapter orders were wrong and people thought it were misprints and stuff like that. 
yeah, that's exactly what it did. And it did that very well. And um, so, yeah, the, the, I mean, the reason I never, or I did never want to see it again, um, it's just such a harrowing Yeah, it's tough, watch. man. It's tough. It's so, it's so bad. And at points, the music's almost like just nails being scratched down with chalkboards. And um, some of the more intense scenes, I actually found myself kind of like self-soothing. Like I was sat there hugging myself or like, Fiddling with my hair. It's a very, like it's a very tough watch it. if you've ever, like, been if you're an addict or you've got an addictive personality or you've been in similar situations. Even if it's like food and drink and drugs in general, it's very tough because you see bits. He's like, "Fuck, I were like that," or "I, I could be like that." Control, yeah, yeah. Uh, Death, that's for thing instance. I was going to mention it could be. It's very. It would be very triggering if you've ever had any kind of struggles with abuse or. Like you said, it could be anything. You could be addicted to exercise. You yeah. know, you'll see the the same spirals and everything. And so real, so raw. Yeah, some of the scenes actually, like the intensity of it, I actually felt physically sick. And, mm. and again, like I said, it's there's no kind of there's no gruesomeness. No. Um, there's nothing too graphic in terms of violence. There are graphic scenes, but in a different way. And that's just going to lead me on to the final scene. Now, if you've seen the film, you'll <sighs> know the scene I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter how long ago you would have seen it. That is something that will just never leave your mind. It's just one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever watched. And um, I would have been happy not to watch it again, really. But it's there's no redemption at the end. It's just this shit is... Yeah. It's just, it's just awful. It's, it's awful, final, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. And um, such a good film, but so difficult to watch. Yeah, I agree massively. It's it's. I've only ever seen it once. I've only ever read the book once. Um, I think it slots perfectly in that that little margin of. I think everyone has to see it, mm. but I don't think you need to own it. It's such a it's such a weird thing. It's I think if even if you, even if you you're the most like sound of mind person your whole life, you know someone that's like this. Mm. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's fucking raw, man. Mm, good pick. Whew. Oh, onto something a bit more lighter. Uh, gadget. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it's necessarily lighter, but maybe less depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about something that doesn't exist anymore. I want to talk about the uh, video game demo teaser PT. Oh, God, here we go. We're going down this road. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Existentialism, everything. Oh, PT. I, I yeah. scarred me that for life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm absolutely so terrifying. I never got to play it. Oh. No, don't be jealous. <laughs> Just be thankful. So, so PT literally stands for Playable Teaser. Uh, this was released... Um, Randomly on the PlayStation 4 on the 12th of August, 2014. God, that long ago? Mysterious Shit, the bed. 2014, yes, <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> uh, it was developed by a studio that didn't exist before and doesn't exist now called 7780s Studio. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> and published by Konami. And the game is a first-person horror experience. Yeah, it's not it's, a game, it's, is it? It's a kint... Yeah, it's akin to like a haunted house fairground ride kind of thing. You wake up in this concrete room. It's in first person. There's a table there. Nothing else but a door. At that moment as well, it's photorealistic. I mean, it's photorealistic that the whole thing. It's one of the best games it is, isn't it? Yeah. released on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, it's still, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it, uh, you walk out the door into a photorealistic, wonderfully re- um, rendered corridor of a house. You walk to the end of the corridor, you turn right, you get this little entranceway for the house, a little bit of detritus around, pictures on the wall, and some steps down into another door, which you walk through, and you're back at the start. It's a loop. And that is the int. Yeah, it's a loop. It's the entire play of the game. The thing is, when you start the second loop, freaky shit starts happening. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks already. I'm in airs on back of my neck and standing up. I have to keep looking around because I'm in a corner of a room now. Yeah, you, 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 you walk down this corridor and maybe, maybe the radio starts playing. Ugh. And a voice, a voice t- talks over the radio about, about a family that was murdered by, their, by the patriarch of the family. Oh, yes. You um you do another few loops. You start kind of like piecing together some pictures that you find. Like you find little scraps of paper on the floor that then combine to make a picture. And then when you complete that picture, the lights oh, go out. But then they come back on again. Mm. You do another loop. You start hearing pained moans over the radio, <sighs> real as if someone's been stabbed in the gut, kind of moans. And then the bathroom door opens. The door that you haven't noticed all these times you walk through because it's on the side that t- towards your right that you would never notice. And then you walk in the bathroom and the door shuts behind you. And in the sink, there is a half-formed fetus oh. crying. <laughs> really loudly yes. as well. Yeah. Really obnoxiously loudly. And through your pad if you you've got Because it, it, it used to be cry through yeah. my controller. Oh, <laughs> yes. God. Horrible. You, yep. You pick up the torch in there. And now you can see in the dark. Mm-hmm. And you walk out. You do another loop. You come back around that right corner and there's a woman standing there. Oh, God. And then she disappears. Oh. And you do another loop. And the voice in the radio says, don't turn that dial. We'll be right back. And Lisa gets you. Ooh. You just go for it. You go from nothing to this. this turn around, this don't you? And she's- bloody distort- <laughs> yes, bloody distorted face right in your face. <laughs> and she kills you. And you wake back up in that concrete room again. And now there's a paper bag full of blood that talks to you. Yep. And yeah, that's PT. It keeps going like so that this for a was, while. Yeah, I'm not going to describe oh, the whole wilder game. And the wilder whole, as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole game is about four hours long, but like, I, oh, yeah. I, I still get a little, I still feel my heart I can't think about it, mate. It scares the fuck out of me. It's the scariest, <laughs> it's the scariest interactive media I've ever played. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So I would play it in the, VR. Fuck off. No, you wouldn't. I would. Oh, oh, it would, would fucking scare the shit out of me. <laughs> it's supposed to, though. Yeah, take that corridor. Did you ever see like when you that first co- corridor you walked down? She's just there in the window, just being like, no. oh. like, her face is just shaking, and she's on the other side of the window, yeah. and you're like, oh, stop no, it now! What to go? I keep going to, to look it. around. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody hacked it, didn't they? And they managed to turn the camera around, and apparently she's following you the whole, the whole time game, without yeah. you. Sort of yeah, knowing, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, her character model is attached behind the camera all the way around. So uh, PT is, I mean, it, it's well known at this point. PT was the playable teaser for Konami's reboot of Silent Hill. Yeah, because when you got Silent to the end, Hills. you got the teaser. When you got, yeah, when you got to the end, um, your character is allowed out of the house, providing you solve some of the most obtuse puzzles in any game <laughs> ever created. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And you walk out to see Norman Reedus. Sam Porter Bridges, you say? Yeah. And you see directors, Guillermo del Toro. And Hideo Kojima. And I did a Wii. And and then the title, <laughs> Silent Hills. And Uh-oh. yeah, I nearly shit myself. Yeah, yeah. Big, big mega <laughs> And you had no idea up until that point. Nobody did, because nope. nope. it, it took like a week for people to finish it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and also people were actually really good about not spoiling it. Mm. Like like I found like, it on my own. Every, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, everyone was even online was just saying play PT, play PT. So, In the yeah, dark, with your headphones on. I yeah. didn't have a, uh, I did. a an internet community then either, so I didn't have anyone to discuss it with. I was just on my own, and I was like, oh, oh no! And then when when, when I saw Norman Reedus, I'm like, huh, Norman, Walking Dead guy? And then it's like, well, oh, sh- oh shit! It was such a big moment. Yeah, and so... I had nobody to share it with. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 7780 Studio is what would become Kojima Productions. So the so as the story went, uh, after finishing Metal Gear Solid Five, finish uh, it. Kojima... Well, <laughs> the intention was after finishing Metal Gear Solid Five, Kojima was done with Metal Gear Solid. He wanted to do something different, and Konami obviously has just been sat around with its feet up on top of the Silent Hill IP for the past fifteen years or so. Um, and Kojima wanted to kind of pick it up and run with it. And he was getting into horror. Uh, for, I mean, for he's like, always been for, into horror, but yeah, yeah, for Metal Gear Four, there were like um, moments of horror. Moments of it, horror. Yeah. Metal Gear Five, there was actual um, Silent Hill radio broadcasts on the radios and stuff like that. Yeah, there was there was a fair bit of body horror in, a, yeah. in a Metal Gear Solid 5 as well. Mm. So, yeah, K- Kojima was kind of wanting to go down that route. And then Konami, well, they fucked everything up, didn't they? Because they fu- they sacked him. Mm. They cancelled Silent Hills. Mm. They they kicked Guillermo del Toro out. And like, Stole the Fox engine. Stole the Fox engine. I mean... This this was the first. I think this was the first proper game to come out on the Fox Engine. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, and it looked gorgeous. Fo- like you say, photorealistic. It's and when you're playing a game like that in 2014, like the PS4 had only been out a year when this came out. Like yeah. we were used to kind of like good HD textures, but we weren't used to like. We were used to Rezo Gun. <laughs> yeah, we were used to bright, high resolution, high frame rate shit, but we weren't used to photorealism. So. Yeah, so Kojima gets kicked out by um, Konami and then goes off to form Kojima Productions, which is there where we get Death Stranding, involving all the same people. Yes. Um, I, but, I reckon he probably used a lot of what he had going for Silent Hills in Death Stranding. Probably. probably. But PT is hands down the scariest thing I've ever played. I love horror games. Horror games are so much fun. But this is the first one where I've literally been scared to play it. Like where I've looked at the icon on the PlayStation 4 dashboard and kind of felt my heart rate climbing. <laughs> like most of the horror games, you're just like, okay, I'm going to go into a bit of Resident Evil here. It'll be a little bit scary. It'll be fun. But I'll have a Magnum. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go to PT like, I don't want to. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is as well, I mean, I played through it once. It was like three sessions it took me. I played through it once completely. And I never touched it again. Yeah. Um, you can't touch it now because Konami, being the seri- series of bastards that they are, they just deleted it from the PlayStation Store and also stopped people from re-downloading it. Mm. It doesn't exist anywhere anymore. I still if got wanna, it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to play a PT, you have to buy a PlayStation with it preloaded on. I'm selling mine if anyone wants it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, it's... Um, but it was just this incredible, cathartic experience. Like... When, when when the Lisa attack happened to me, I literally fell off the sofa. Like I jumped <laughs> so high because the it's they ah, because Kojima and Del Toro are masters of horror. Oh god, yeah. They know how to lead you in with sound, lead you in with the visuals, get you on the edge of your seat, looking closely at the telly for the big bang to happen. And when the bang happens, it's such a huge energy rush, like. I was sweating after it. It's unreal. It inspired um, so much after it as well, like Resident Evil Seven, for instance, and yeah. Outlast, and 
inspired so much. No, Outlast was out before this. Was it? Oh. Yeah, Outlast was 2013. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, wait, Resident Evil 7, definitely, though. Yeah. If you go onto YouTube and search for the Silent Hills trailer, they, they released one trailer at, at, I think it was the Tokyo Game Show yes. that year, uh, before Konami shit-canned everything. And, like, the trailer is terrifying. It is. It's so many different kinds of weird, fucked-up monsters. Um, so much tension, this weird, creepy dialogue over the top. It's worth looking at. And then you, then you need to get angry at Konami because we don't have this. Bastards. Isn't that like money? I, it, it no, they like Pachinko. They like Pachinko and only Pachinko. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, PT, I, I, I will quite happily never look at a picture of that again in my life. <laughs> that, that scarred me. Mm, yeah, it's, it's it's I've only ever played it once. Again, you both so far you've both picked something I've only I've only done once. So we're do, excellent. We're doing really well with this. Uh, Stig, don't let me down. I think I think I've I've chosen something you've only watched once. So. Go on. Uh, I want to talk about the 2019 Robert Eggers film, The Lighthouse. You have you've done it. We've got a hat trick. <laughs> So this film stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It takes place in 1890s New England, where Ephraim Winslow, played by Robert Pattinson, serves a contract job as a wiki, which is a lighthouse keeper, on a small, isolated island off the coast under the supervision of the island's long-term keeper, Thomas Wake, played by Willem Dafoe. And after a while, things start to go a little wrong. The two have a little bit of a falling out one night and soon paranoia mistrust starts to seep in. Uh, partly helped by the kerosene-based drink that they keep yeah. spilling. <laughs> yeah. That's most of it. Yeah, not allowed alcohol on the island, so Ooh. they had, so they make their own drink up and uh, this kind of messes with their heads a little, as you would expect. It's, it's like what they used to do Drinking in the eight- fuel would. In the 1800s and 1900s, you had like gin and kerosene together, didn't they? And oh, they used to make some right fucking weird concoctions. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, these guys are certainly on the dragon soup. On the hooch. <laughs> uh, but this film is fucking incredible. It's an absolute tour de force of a film. Amazing performances, direction, cinematography, lighting, sound, pacing, framing. Like the list goes on. Dialogue. Everything about this film is just, yeah, it's, it's just excellent. Um, everything's on point. It's perfect filmmaking. And it should have been nominated and won more awards than it did. Yeah. The only thing that it got nominated for in the, by the Academy Awards was for cinematography, well, which is daft. fair point because the cinematography by Jared Blash, yeah. Blaschke, 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 yeah, is it's brilliant. The cinematography in this, is oh yeah, but that's not phenomenal. the only fucking thing. <laughs> no, like the shots of the storms, the lightning, like the rolling waves, like all those like external shots of the island and the lighthouse. It just it looks incredible. It's in black and white. So if you're not seeing it, that doesn't matter though at all. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. But like, obviously, adds to the way it looks and the way it feels and stuff. It's high contrast, black and white as well, isn't it? Super. Yeah, yeah. The the shots of like the lightning cracking Mm. across the sky in black and white. It's well shaded and stuff, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, But the film is absolutely bonkers. Oh God, it is. (laughs) But in a good way. So it's this weird but mesmerizing movie that just mixes all these genres and tones together. So it kind of blends horror, thriller, yeah. It's fancy, got a lot of Lovecraftian in there, hasn't it? Lo- lo- yeah, nice. and co- even comedy as well. Like there's bits of comedy in there as well, but none of it ever trips the other genre up at all. They all blend together really well. Like it just all really works together like so well. 
Um, and it succeeds where a lot of other films trying to do that fail for me. Like, I often find that a lot of films these days, especially, they go weird for weird sake mm. to try yeah, and be yeah. to try they and do. be a bit more like, oh, our film's really weird. It's really meaningful and deep. You can see when and, some films do it because sometimes aspect ratio changes or some ramps up. You're like, oh, this is the, this is director being a director moment. You can see it. Yeah, on some like. Of them. Like there was a film called In Fabric that I watched that came out around the same time that kind of tries to do all that trippy weird stuff, and it's just a perfect example of it just not working for me. One, it just ended up being emotionless and boring, whereas this is far from that. Um, so yeah, like the this just holds up on its weirdness and then some. Oh god, it's it's yes. it's, it's it, for those two for those two actors. They are roles of a lifetime without being silly. Oh, yeah, about it. They are, uh, that, you can't tell it's them. Mm. You don't think it's that sparkly guy from Twilight. You don't think it's, well, that's what you don't think people... it's Green Goblin. Yeah, <laughs> no. that's what a lot of people are saying. You know, when he it was announced that Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman, they're like, oh, the Twilight guy, the sparkly guy. And people are like, no, oh, watch The Lighthouse, the lighthouse and see what he's actually capable <laughs> watch of. Watch Good Time. Watch The Lighthouse. Yeah, time, watch, yeah. this, watch these films where he actually shows how much of a he's really a good actor he is. He's sensational. Yeah, and he got really overlooked for this as well. So did William Dafoe. Like this. Dafoe's he, so good. Yeah, he, smell, some... he looks like he smells. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he stinks and he's a smelly bastard. He's a dirty bastard. <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly do, don't they? Oh, um, God. But I was reading up, uh, so Eggers was inspired to by sailor myths and classic mythology, uh, yeah. such as the myths of like Prometheus. Uh, Wake is modelled on Proteus, who's a prophecy-telling yeah. ocean god who serves Poseidon, and it, so it pulls a lot from Greek mythology and also other imagery. So if you look at uh, Hypnosis by Sasha, um, sorry Schneider. So I didn't know about this. I was just obviously doing my research and that. If you look up that then and see, and you've seen, you look at that picture and you've seen the film, you can see where that imagery comes from and how he's it's used that in the film. It's got a lot of um, Shakespeare tragedy tells to it as well. You've got Tempest in there as well, things like that, which again yeah. is, is quite um, ocean-based and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's full of metaphors and, yeah, and yeah. things and stuff and, you know, weird and wonderful creatures like tentacle monsters and yeah, mermaids yeah. and shit, that kind of stuff. Should like kind of I'm really going to have there. to see this film. Oh, it's I on, can't the, believe it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Yep. Excellent. So good. I, now you've but talked about it, it's not going to be a one and done anymore for me because I have to watch it again. Yeah, the level of authorship he is imparted onto this film oh. is amazing, and he's 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 crafted like a, a super tight masterclass in like every facet of filmmaking possible. Like every, there's nothing in this film that's wrong no i mean i agree with it's it's so good like it's so it's like a i've wrote here what i was trying to put down into what i thought it's like swirling maelstrom of horrific rage loneliness repulsion greek tragedy it's unrelenting and all-consuming and it's covered in a big old load of jism Oh god, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sold. I mean, I mean, people forget. You have to see the film to get that, but people, uh... yeah, you do. People forget about the third character in the film, the actual lighthouse itself. That is, oh, it, 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 do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, the lighthouse is very much kind of a, own thing, a living it? being, isn't it? Like yeah. it, within the film and and the seagulls. Yeah, the seagulls. <laughs> Oh god, it's so don't, it's such a sen- don't upset a seagull. Basically, no. that's the, that's the moral of the story. Yeah, it's such a <laughs> sensational. It's, it reminds me of like it reminds me if if you ever go to like working men's clubs and stuff, and you and you talk to oldest person there, they'll tell you a, t- a story like this. How they were out to sea, or they were 
you know what I mean? <laughs> the, yeah. The loneliness and isolation, but even two people can be lonely together. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's so... F- mm, some oh. incredible a- accent work going on as well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you spill your beans? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's super <laughs> if you have, Even if you have no intention of watching the film, just watch the trailer. The trailer is enough to, to, to show you how weird this film like is. Uh, but yeah, good. the reason I, I kind of don't think I want to watch it again is because that's it's it's so tense, and um, I kind of want to preserve that feeling of that. Do you know what it reminds of me of, mate? And why I, I probably I say I want to see it again. But I probably want. It reminds me of going to see a really good exceptional play somewhere. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you go again, is it? You don't go on the next night to the same play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. But yeah, it's it's because of not knowing what happens. Obviously, the first time you watch it, going back and knowing what happens probably would just take away a lot of the tension and a lot of the, I don't know, like the, I don't know, really. Like, you know, just I think it, it, I feel like it would just take away from from something. I don't want to it, kind it, of. You just need that mystery. I can imagine. Yeah, has, the mystery is a good word. Sorry, I was trying. It to probably think has a lot of less words. gravitas about it the second time as well because you see what's coming, you know what's coming, and then yeah. you've you also. I, mean, I don't know about you, Sid, but when I watched I'm like, I, I was just so tense waiting for something big to happen. Yeah, waiting you are and waiting, waiting for, and waiting. Waiting for that, that boiling point out yeah. between the two. And yeah, and maybe I just don't want to sit there for the room time and be like looking for other things. Yes. I mean, some people enjoy doing that, but I don't want to, I don't want to be taken out the story of, and, and the tension and everything eggs. by by looking around and seeing other things and stuff like that. So that's kind of why I don't think I'll watch it again. It's perfect in your mind, I think. It's one of those. Yeah. Mm, good so, fucking good yeah. pick. Ooh, three good picks. I'm going to ruin it with mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about Fumito Ueda. Does anyone know who he is? Oh, the name rings a bell. Um, nope. he's, he's, he's a game author, uh, developer, designer. His first game was Enemy Zero, which uh, released in 1996 for the Sega Saturn, which is a ropey horror adventure game. No one remembers it. His second game, however... People remember it. It's called Ico or Eco. Oh mm. yes, that's where I remember him. There from. he goes. Um, I want to talk about all these games after after um, Enemy Zero, not including Enemy Zero. <laughs> so yeah, no one talks about Enemy Zero. No, Eco is an experimental uh, game. Uh, it's built around a young um, jailed princess called Yarda. Uh, no, I think she, she's. I one of them's called Eco, one of them's called Yarda. I can't remember which the one. Boy, the, the, the little boy is called Eco. Yeah, yeah. Your Eco, little horned boy. I've only played it once. This is why I can't remember yeah. much. Um, a little horned boy, and he's got a stick. He's got a bloody stick, a two before. <laughs> and uh, basically, <laughs> it's, it's one of the tropiest things ever that people hate. It's a escort mission game. But it's done incredibly. You've got to get Yarda, the, the princess, out of the castle. The opposite of Super Mario, where you're trying to get to the castle, this is you getting out of the castle with the princess. Um, they can't speak to each other because they both speak a different language. Um, yep. Originally released on the PS2, I think only released on the PS2. It was um, remastered for PS3 as ah, well. Ah, there you go. There you go. It's more or less the same game, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, a puzzling action adventure game where um, shadows chase you. Um, your main goal is to not, because I don't think Eco can die. I think he, no, Eco can, can die. Only like falling off a building or something. 
No, we can, no, we can die in combat. Oh, right. I can't remember having a health bar or anything like that. Maybe I... Well, you don't have a health bar, but yeah. just, it, the game tracks it. Yeah, your you, main you thing is to keep, to keep her alive, isn't it? Yeah, as you, as, as you go through the game, like these shadow creatures will constantly try yeah. to kidnap her and take her back to herself. I'm glad you remember more than me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a fucking brilliant game. Yeah, I've only played it once. And the next one um, he created, um, I mean, Eco is known as the, the minimalist masterpiece. That's what he's, mm. he's yeah. known as. It's, it came out quite early on PS2, didn't it? Around the time, uh, around the time, Bouncer came uh, out and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it's a marvelous puzzle game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember with kind the of bouncer. a be- beautiful, beautiful aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a massive escort mission, but like it's done most, well, isn't most, it? I can't remember yeah, being frustrated by by Yarda at all. No, the, the the only the only times where the kind of the escort mission bit of it gets annoying is during combat sequences. Yeah. And you'll get seven or eight of these ghost creatures. You have to kind of manage it. And sometimes you just let her get taken for a little while while you clean out the yeah the enemies and deal with the last one. You know, I was watching I was watching a video of it today, um, just to get me get my head around it. And it doesn't look as good as I remember in my head, but that's not. It, it's still quite nice and stylized. I found out if you play it again, you get to have a lightsaber. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I would have played it again. I mean, you've you've got to beat some clear conditions as well. Oh, right. like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's not just you get it for beating the game. You have to. <laughs> I can't remember what you have to do. I think you have to do it in a certain time or with a certain amount yeah. of saves or something like that. The next game, Ueda made is, in my opinion, is Magnum Opus, Shadow of the Colossus. Mm, so good. I played that game once, and why? It's incredible. I f- just the experience I had was so mesmerizing. If you don't know what Shadow of the Colossus is. It's basically a boss rush game <laughs> where um, there's no rushing. Um, I was going to say, there's, there's, there's not much to rush around the world. You, You're you I think, I don't know the character's name. I think it's called Wanda. Wanda. There you go. I know it was something to do with what you're actually doing. You are wandering around. Um, yeah, Wanda, you're, you're basically in this, in, you've been tasked, well, not even tasked, you've, you've got your love. Um, she's dead by all accounts. And you're taken into a, a forbidden land. So it's a plateau, and when I say a big plateau, that's not even doing it justice. It's it's almost a country, isn't it, Gadget? Yeah, it's vast. <laughs> it takes it takes ages to ride from one side yeah, of it to the other. Yeah, it's think think. Um, you, if you remember Hyrule Field being big, <laughs> don't be stupid. Uh, this is just a vast plateau, and you, you've got to take your your beloved, because you, you've heard of rumors that if you go to this forbidden land, that your tribes for forbode um, that. Um, you can bring her back to life, essentially. I believe, this is all from memory as well, Gadget, because yep. like I said, I've played it once. Yep. And to do that, um, I don't think he knows what he's actually supposed to do until it happens. Uh, because So, so, so the, the, sp- the spirit that he talks to yes, in the temple yes. says, says he, uh, the power lies within that land to resurrect his love. Yes. Uh, and to do that, he has to slay these 16 colossi. Colossi, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. The plural of colossus. Yeah, and that will give the, the 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 spirit tells them that will give the spirit enough power to resurrect. And that's the girl. about it, though, isn't it? that's all it tells? Just like a quite cryptic, isn't it? And yes. then you've got to hold your sword aloft, and wherever the light touches is where you've got to go next. Now, there's no enemies on the way to these bosses, is there? Nope, it's just the bosses. There's little lizards that you can attack. I remember that and eat the tails or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get your health. Yeah, back. and. You go to the in, the first one's quite close by, isn't it? You go on your horse, um, Agro, I think it's called Agro, Argo. Agro, something like that. He shouts it anyway, doesn't he? All the way through it, yeah. And you climb a cliff, and then you see this fucking massive giant 
think someone would, also, would almost say it's colossal. Yeah, it is colossal. <laughs> it's Mac. It's got a big. I, I don't know if the other two, I, I, Candy I've, and Stig, have you played this? Not played I any of them. I played Shadows of Colossus. I played Eco for a minute. I found it a bit difficult with the uh, with the escorting. It wasn't for me. With with this, it's it's more a, a challenge of monitoring your stamina bar, isn't it, Gadget? Where yeah, it's, you, um... you can't kill a giant when you're a six foot person. You've got to climb the bastard in the furry. Mm. They're all furry bastards as well. So you can climb up it, and I think you've got to hold your sword up to find the weak spot or something like that. No, it's, 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 each each uh, colossus has like gl- uh, glyphs, glyphs on them, which it. are their weak spots, and you have to basically do charge stabs. Yes. So you have to like hold your sword up, get a bit of power behind and it, and stab, stab into it. You're them. basically like a mosquito on the back. That's how small you are. But eventually, yeah. it's, it, God, God, sorry. I was gonna say it's just a, it's just a really int- intricate puzzle game. To yeah, be fair. It, you have to just feel... work out how to climb each colossus and work out where the kill point, uh, the weak yeah, points. Yeah, it's a platform puzzle game type thing. And eventually you do you do fell your first colossus or colossi, and you feel really bad <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Because then you realise that you've just killed an animal. <laughs> it's just an animal. <laughs> it wasn't doing anything until you turned yeah. up. <laughs> and the, and that feeling continues and throughout you do the that whole like game. Thirteen times, and they're all sixteen is times. Sixteen. Sixteen of them, and and you do. They're, they're all varying. They all look so different. Some of them are not even big. Some of them are like rhinos. I know, I said yeah. not big, but not not colossal. Um, and some of them are bigger than you could even possibly imagine. Some some of them you take flight on them while you're clinging on with your little stamina bar that you've got and your sword. And I think you only get a sword and a bow throughout the whole game. Yeah, and you don't get any kind of health upgrades or stamina no, upgrades. You are just, just as you so are from the start. Odd. But it's. It's the most, um, I don't know, it's such a lonely experience. Mm, There's a dedicated well, button to shout your horse. Yeah. And your horse is way let's too big also, for you. <laughs> yeah, let's not also forget how the game actually ends. Yeah, mate, this is the thing. This is why I, I, I don't know if I can spoil it. Maybe I can. Yeah. I, okay, so I'll put the spoiler clacks in here. Yeah. If, you ha- if you haven't played this game from 2003 <laughs> or the remake from 2016. Yeah. But it's important to discuss, you- isn't it? Yeah, when you reach the end of Shadow of the Colossus... Mm, after you've killed this um, big fucking towering behemoth thing. Yeah, um, the spirit is is true to his word and resurrects your yeah. um, your love mm. at the expense of you. Yeah, <laughs> turns you into mm. one. <laughs> yeah, and because you've killed the 16 colossi, the forbidden land starts to die. Yeah, and you've, you've freed and the, the bridge- demon or something, haven't you? Yeah, you freed the demon, and the bridge that le- led you to this temple starts to collapse. Yeah, and you you die. Yeah, and then in the post credit scene, you wake up as the baby version of the kid from Eco. Yeah. It's a prequel. And everything. <laughs> it's a prequel. <laughs> but it is the most depressing game I've played because it's such a sad ending. <laughs> It's such a futile ending as well. Like, yeah. like Wanda, go- Wanda goes there because he wants to resurrect his love, not caring about the fact that he's destroying part of this the, world. The, the amazing thing about it is, and I didn't notice until like oh, closer to the end, he's he's physically degrading, isn't he? Wanda, he's, yep. he's getting he corrupted. He's getting corrupted. Like his veins are coming up his neck and stuff. And I because you're just used to seeing the back of him for ages. And I, I once caught a glimpse of him. I'm like, holy shit. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those moments. Yeah. I just thought he's getting corrupted, and his eyes are getting whiter, aren't they? Like zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, and it's such. What's... Go on, sorry. Do you know what's funny is the fact that he's called Wanda, right? Yeah. 
There's parallels there with WandaVision. There is, isn't there, mate? There is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there absolutely is. And it's, it's just, it's, it's such a spellbinding experience that, like, I never went back. And I know there's a remake, and I know apparently it's stunning. Oh, it's, it's superb. Yeah. One of the best ones. I, I, that, it's like Blue Point at their absolute best. Yeah, yeah, and I do love a bit of Blue Point. And I need to. Does it count if it's a remake, though? I don't. I, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> it might be a loophole. Separate game, separate game, separate yeah. trophies. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, also the the reason why it's worth playing the remake is they fixed the controls. Yeah, because it was a bit hard, wasn't it? it, it, it yes, and it also runs at a decent frame rate. Yeah, because on on some some moments you're you're actually trying to convince a let's say a colossi or colossus i don't know which way to put it uh you've got to convince them to like knock scenery over and stuff like that and it just makes the frame rate just take a nosedive yep oh it's, it's just i don't know it's, it's so good and like there's not much like to the controls like one button is to shout your horse but also because he's shouting you can shout at the colossi can't you yep. and it's like come look at me i'm a little little fucking thing oh god it's so bad and some of them are just unearthly big and you just think how am I going to ever climb up that but it just yep. there's a lot of environmental storytelling to it like I don't know if there's any secrets to the world because I didn't really explore that much I just did the main thing I don't know if there's much other than that than the actual monsters that you kill uh, not a lot there's a, I think there's a few things to collect I know the remake uh, Blue Point put a, a couple of little collectibles in there to find yeah for trophies mainly I bet yeah but it's it's a it's also a stunning world it was then anyway on uh, on the ps2 and it came in a beautiful cardboard sleeved box which i always remember it's yeah, really, always appreciate really a big that. map big old map uh for free as a standard edition remember those days when you used to get a map in standard <laughs> editions <Yeah. laughs> and it, it was just a stunning it's just a stunning game I'm, i might return to the uh the remake um but then oeda did um a controversial follow-up called the last guardian which was in development I mean, hell for fucking I was, decade. I, I was i was gonna say i was gonna say by saying then he did this next <laughs> one no no it, it took a very long time for it to come out yeah and um, it crossed two fucking generations yeah, it, was it was supposed to be an early ps3 it was, game. yeah um he he, he he put it down to something to do with the ai for the because uh, basically the last guardian is you're a you're a kid and you've got a big uh griffin dog monkey dragon thing as a pet cat weagle yeah and it's massive. It's quite big, and apparently it's got its own strange AI system to it. And uh, mm. the reason I only played this one once is because I didn't like it. <laughs> so I, I I played through all of uh, the Last Guardian and finished. Yeah, it. Yeah, I did. And it it's a it's a it's a solid seven out of ten game. It's not good like Ueda's last no, couple of games. No. It's worth getting to the end. Like I really like the. Well, end. They only made me cry. Again, every yeah. game he's made has made me cry. <laughs> But the problem was the AI on Trico was Trico, too weighted. Yeah, it was too weighted in the in being an animal. So like the the whole thing was like all the advertising was like you know you need to convince this creature to trust you. To yeah, do you the thing feed it you like barrels, do. don't you, and stuff. Yeah, but they kind of not balanced it properly because what they'd done is they'd made something that acts a lot like a cat, yeah. mm. and it really does act a lot it like needs a to cat, be more like a dog. But it's not. <laughs> It's not fun to play that game. It needs to be a little more dog yeah, the, the, than cat. It was so really- when, you go, when you're going like, come over here, come over here, it just like turns its back on you and shows you its ass. Literally, yeah. 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 <laughs> there, was, there was one puzzle nearer the end where we'd bonded so much, we'd even fought a different Trico. You know what I mean? We'd, we'd, we'd won, we'd bested. And all it had to do, all, all Trico had to do was pull this big cord with its mouth 
and unleash, uh, open a gate for me. Would he do it? Would he fuck? I'm like, come on now. And he was getting pissed off and then he laying down and he was using his paw to back me away from him so I couldn't cuddle him. So, <laughs> what are you yeah. fucking off? <laughs> I'm getting so annoyed with him. And he wanted a barrel, yeah, he wanted was... feeding, but I couldn't find a barrel anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there, there was no clear way to give him orders. No. Like, even if he was going to be like a little bit like haughty and just like not listen to what you say, there was nothing for you to to like point at this rope and go. Yeah, you that. couldn't override it, you know? could you? Mm. It was literally no. true to form. He, he created an AI that was <laughs> frustrating, but the actual game world, because it's he created a cat. All these three games are in the same universe. They're all it's they the are. same tribe that's affected by it. It's beautiful. It's proper beautiful. And and Trico's cute as a button. Cute as a button. Lovely, and that evil Trico's not nasty. No, bad boy. Nasty one. But yeah, um, the ending is quite strong, actually. It is, it is worth going through the, it. It's a shame the gameplay is so frustrating to get I'd like there. to see him remake yeah, that right. one. I need to go back to I'd it. I'd like to see him remake that but, one and like do something with the AI. <laughs> maybe yeah, a, mo- like maybe it, a mode it, where you can just make it go, this, do this, do that. That's it. All, all you'd have to do is like just tweak the AI slightly so it's a mm. bit more player-friendly. Yeah. And it'd be great. Or dog, like you said. Like it didn't... Yeah, it doesn't need to be remade. It doesn't need to be reconstructed or rebuilt in any way. It just needs just a little, little tweak, little tweak. Mm. But yeah, all is is. I just think it's fast. I don't know about any any Yuga, but Ueda's games. I've only played them all once because I think they they are storybooks. They are oh, fables. They are one one and done. They literally. I I I I never seem to want to go back because what happened to no, me? Nothing. There's no multiple endings. There's nothing like that. There's no collectible well there is collectibles but they don't do anything apparently there's like speed running modes on shadow of the Colossus. i'm not bothered about that i don't need yeah, so arcade I've, in that i've played through eco twice so i played it on the ps2 and then the ps3 yeah. uh, remaster and then i played shadow of the Colossus three times because again there's basically each version of it i've played through. yeah so I, I suppose you've only played it once if you're different versions still though aren't there you've just wanted to see the yeah. diff if there are any differences <laughs> yeah but yeah but there's there's nothing stopping me from playing it again. Yeah. Like I, 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 I don't want to say I've only played this once. I'm not going back to yeah. it. Yeah, like, no, I'd quite happily, I'd quite happily play. I'd probably it play the. Re- I'd probably, be, I probably would play the remake of Shadow of the Colossus, but I could. It is worth I, it. It's really, really good. I couldn't play Last Guardian again unless I, unless I was confirmed that Trico was fixed. This <laughs> <laughs> is a little bastard. Cute, but a little bastard. Little. Well, yeah, it's massive. massive. But yeah, it's it's a love. I think what Ueda does do more than a lot of the um, a lot of other game directors and designers and stuff. He doesn't need dialogue in his games, does he? No, I mean, I mean, uh, Shadow of the Colossus has I think about fifteen lines of dialogue in yeah. total, and um, none of it's in Japanese, none of it's in English. It's its own made-up no, language. It's, it's, mm. so it made needs up language. no translation whatsoever. There's no. I do enjoy games that transcend language, like um, yeah. Yeah, like those ones in Journey as well. You you don't need to hear any words to know what they're saying. Mm. Yeah, uh, Eco. I don't think Eco has any direct dialogue. Actually, it's just you, is this going? You, you, yeah, you, you, ah, yeah, ah, it just does that, doesn't it? When he shouts. Yeah, you have the little vocal box between the two characters, but nothing's translated. Like you don't get yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Um, and uh, Last Guardian has a little. There is bit. talking in that. Not yeah, because there's a narration at the beginning, isn't there? At the end. Yeah, but that's in a different language as well. It's not in. A real yeah. language. Oh, it's just, yeah, I just, I just, I like that. I want to see you Ada next take on that world because he hasn't even given the world a name, has he? It's just the world. Nope. And yep. I'd, I'd like to see what he's because he's always he always takes ages to make. <laughs> so I, I don't know if if he 
actively working anymore. Like, knowing my look, he might be retired from life, for all I know. <laughs> I have no idea, but I just remember those three games especially were just special one-and-dones, and I'm proud to say I've played them. And pr- if I'm being realistic, probably never again. <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't. Well, for what it's worth, I think you've convinced me to play Shadow of the Colossus. I think so you should. Live on. I think you should. I, I think it's. Oh, it... you it is working on something at the moment. What is it? Uh, he hasn't said. It. He released a teaser at the beginning of this year, and that was it. I wonder it. if it's in the fifteen fifteen years. Yeah. I wonder if it's in the same universe. I'd love the world that he's created. It's such a, a beautiful. It's almost like it's it's so weird. It's like. South America, it's like Peru, or like some of these, you know, some of these countries that have got so much different uh, cl- climates in the same place. Like, like, let's say New Zealand or something like that, where it changes rapidly where you are. Oh, it's so it's, it's so hard to explain yeah, the world, it's... like plateaus and steps and stuff like that. Like Mongolia. Yeah, it, looks or like were, it looks like from like just reading the press release, there, it looks like they were gearing up for like a big announcement this year. Mm. Because um, they released an image which basically had twenty twenty the numbers two zero two one and then like in the within the font they had like a like a black and white screenshot of the three games and then in the one at the end <sighs> there was this new one in color and it's 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 a it's a lad standing a lad with a cloak standing by a rock looking out over the sea and that's oh it. it's gonna be the same world then isn't it it has to be yeah it's well, I mean it's got the same yeah that same visual style I'm, I'm it, down so, yeah, for it I'm down world. for it I, I'll play all these games once but. I think most of the games that he's done are on on these because um, they're all PlayStation exclusives. Um, I think they're all on these um, services that they've got, so you don't really have to. Pay. I think yeah, it's on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, you don't really have to pay them for them. You just get a free trial and blast them out in a week. But yeah, really good. I I love Ueda, and I hope I wish him the the best success in the next seventeen years for making the next game that he makes. Um, <laughs> who's next? Have I missed someone? Nope. Is that everybody? Oh, the traitor that's not here. Because there's no biggie. Oh, what a shame. So, um, let's see what our dedicated listeners have been uh, one and done in. There's not well, really a, a a word for one and done. One and done in. <laughs> so, our, so our, our, uh, our less committed host has, uh, has uh, sent, sent us in his options. Well. So, Biggie has said, uh, The Last of Us Games. Currently playing part two. They're both incredible. Visually, sound design, gripping narrative. I don't think I would go back through either again. An intense experience. I'm currently mm. going through two again, and I've played one about four times. Yeah, I've played one like three times. Mm. I needed that one once. Uh, Robotic Monkey said The Walking Dead Season 1. I loved <laughs> it. I enjoyed playing it. I got invested in the characters. I got very angry at the end, followed by getting very sad. But because of the ending, I never want to go back and play it again. <laughs> I still haven't finished Season 1 yet. I've lived out my story of Lee and Clem. I don't want to edit edit it with a second playthrough. Mm. Yeah, Same, very similar with all those kind of games where you make a choice. Yeah, you're happy with your Stick, choice, aren't you? you? That's your first choice. Like, I have no, I have no intention or want to go back through and go. Oh, what would happen if I chose this? And what yeah, would if I chose that. It's that's like, your no, canon, isn't it? I'll stick with my first choice, and that's how I'd go. So, yeah, I agree, mate. Uh, X Men Blaster X misunderstood the brief because he said rise of rise of the uh, rise of skywalker the first two sequel films to star wars uh, the force awakens and the last jedi had good or plenty of fan service and the last jedi left the universe in an interesting place but rise of skywalker shattled over it so 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 bad worse than attack of the clones something i hope to never see again 
which point Stig quite adequately corrected him, saying, no, this is shit we like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he, so he, he came back and pointed out, Dear, Dear Esther is a game I really enjoyed. I had a memorable experience uh, playing through it, and to me, that's the way the game was supposed to be. No doubt I could go back to it and dig deeper to discover more, but I was happy to put a full stop on it. I like Dear Esther as well. It was good prose. It's, it's barely a game, but it's really nice prose to it. Yeah, really good. Uh, Super Natty Cat has come in with a one that uh, makes me cry thinking about it. She says Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, oh God, yeah. That's in my, that's in my short list. Oh. The saddest film I've ever seen, real or animated. Following a strike from US forces in 1945, a young boy and his younger sister are separated from their parents. They struggle to stay alive whilst trying to adhere to their good morals and keep their dignity. As their struggle for food, good health and good spirits continues, their lives are completely battered with small wins but big losses. Mm. And when you think help is coming or the pair have turned a corner, something awful will happen and you just know that is going to happen. There is a particularly awful moment where the youngest sibling, Setsuko, releases some fireflies into the cave they are hiding in for some light. She wakes the next day to find the fireflies dead. The little bugger buries them in a a little grave and asks why people have to die. It's disgustingly sad, brutal, and without giving the ending away, beautiful and incredibly moving. Mm. I love Studio Ghibli films, but I didn't expect this one to be like this. It kicks any Disney film in the emotional nuts and I will never watch it again, but regard it as an all-time favourite. Yeah. It makes Bambi look happy. Mm. See, I, I, it's just sad the whole way through as well it's yeah, not like there's yeah, a sad moment stop, the whole thing yeah it starts off bad and gets worse see I know, I know I will watch this again because I want my kids to watch it yeah yeah. when they're mm. older so I know it sounds, it sounds pretty bad like to watch this film yeah. but it's like I want them to watch this incredible piece of art mm. there's not enough Roblox on it for my and kids and comfort you through it you what sorry Gadget and comfort you through it. Oh yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> old me kids. Old me. Advertises a kids film though. All the all the Ghibli films are advertises kid films, and it's not like they're not. I wouldn't want to show a four or five year old. No, this is a twelve. It's it's, it's certificated as a twelve, yeah. so it's at least at least know that it's meant for teenagers and mm. age and above, really. Yeah, agreed, mate. Agreed. Uh, Rob Frodsham has said Requiem for a Dream and Irreversible are the two that spring to mind for me. Both very good, but very heavy going. Mm. Biggie recently mentioned The Night Manager also. That was so good, and I want to revisit it, but it was just too tense. Not sure if I can. I've never seen that, but someone else, someone mentioned that to me the other day, didn't they? It must have I been think, Biggie. Yeah, Biggie, yeah. Like, it's, it is one that gets mentioned um, that's really good. It's when people bring that up when they say that Hiddleston should be Bond. Mm. I, had, I, had, I, had, I heard someone say it's BBC, though, so can't. Uh, Lee Davies has said Gone Home is a fantastic game but I will never go back to it not knowing what the game was about going into it made it really tense the atmosphere at the beginning is really great and the feeling of mystery really drove me forwards I uh, wouldn't have that on a second playthrough no comment yeah fair enough you don't like it do you nah fucking hate it Gone Home (laughs) I think it's obtuse for no reason and it's up his own ass. fair enough (laughs) Uh, I'm in the minority John Cheatham Oh, okay. John Cheatham has said, My contribution is I Saw the Devil. Ooh. This is a renowned South Korean thriller movie that is famous for its violence, gore, and premise. That being, a detective's pregnant wife is murdered by a serial killer, and then he sets out to make that killer's life a living hell, capturing, torturing, or maiming, and then releasing him repeatedly in a game of cat and mouse. Jesus fucking. One the for fuck the kids, then, watch, yeah? John? One for the kids. <laughs> it's in my watch list. <laughs> I wanted to see it as everyone rates it, and the cast is very solid. With Lee uh, Byung-hun as the detective and old boy himself, Chow Min-sik, 
doing what he does oh. uh, so well and playing an irredeemable, vile lunatic as the killer. It's in the canon of the Korean revenge movies, a crowded but always worthwhile subgenre. The Koreans do like their revenge They movies. do, don't they? <laughs> they are yeah. big on it. It was a gripping watch for the most part. I won't be going back to it, however, as by the end, the nature and intensity of the violence being presented on screen was just too much for me and actually made me quite depressed. I have absolutely no sympathy for the character being portrayed here by Choi Min-sik, but the imagery alone became too much, especially in the context of what the detective character loses in his quest for vengeance. Well made and unforgettable, definitely, singular for sure, would not go back to this. I love that he's made you uh, try and pronounce those names as well. And I, he does it deliberately. He knows what he's doing. He's too cultured <laughs> for us. Uh, Ray's come in saying, the movie I Care A Lot arguably has all a great, th- a great thriller should offer. Gripping pace, non-stop plot twists, highly talented acting cast, and a sprinkle of social commentary for some pondering afterwards. Although I have tons of good things to say about the film, I'm afraid to revisit in the future. It's because the struggle against the quote-unquote villain of this movie, the corrupt and abusive care homes, fill me with desperation and dread. The authority and public put such a blind trust in the so-called professionals, they turn a deaf ear to the suffering seniors while, handling, while handing those caretakers a free pass for practices, which would make Nurse Ratchet unsettled. <laughs> in fact, the union of the, of the legal system and the caretaking industry becomes so powerful, not just frail old people, but also vicious mafia become helpless in front of their smiling faces. I told myself it's just a fictional story, then I suddenly feel the urge to call my parents and make sure they're well and healthy. After all, they're getting old, and I'm not the boss of a crime organisation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film. It's a very good film. Yeah. I was going to say, good. you talked you talk it up a lot, Stig, didn't you? Mm. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, she's just a dick. Yeah, proper horrible, dick. horrible woman. <laughs> uh, Nimrod Hicks has come in with Dear Majestic Entertainers. I like a nice that. one. That's better. A nice, a nice intro for once. More of that, please. Yeah, he's, he's talking us up. In fact, great show last week. Hearing a well-informed, interesting, intelligent, and highly charismatic female voice on the show was fantastic. So congratulations to Candy for that. And, <laughs> I knew that were coming. And the Helen character boy. wasn't half bad either. Yeah, such a sneaky. But shit jokes aside, hearing Helen's insights, eloquence, and deep knowledge on her subject was fantastic. A class act. Top-notch guesting on her part, and I listened to you lot trying to be on your best behaviour without sounding overly sycophantic was, was a joy. Great job all round. <laughs> Until the patron segment. Yeah. Oh yeah, you lasted like thirty seconds before you started going back to Goblin Whiz. <laughs> oh, last week. Can we I, just touch on last week quickly? Yeah, yeah, it sure. was great. I, I really loved it, and we had so much good feedback from it as well. So, I'm, I'm happy that people really liked that one because it was a bit more, you know, serious in in terms of some of its some of the stuff we talked about as well. Mm. So I'm glad that yeah. people actually enjoyed that as well. And Helen was brilliant. Oh god, she's such so. a she's such mm. a laugh as well, isn't she? She's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, she's so chill. She was so easy to talk to. She's really inspiring as well. Like, what an impressive lady she Even in is. the green room, she was funny, wasn't she? You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She got well involved. Yeah. Um, so, Hicks's um, one and done. He says, For my one and done, my vocal was the controversial 2002 movie Irreversible, directed by Gaspar Noe and starring Monica Bellucci and Vincent Castle. Cassell? Castle. Castle. Uh, I don't know. Castle. Uh, this movie follows the events of a traumatic night out in Paris, which is like every night out I've ever had in Paris, um, which he says never having been to Paris, just making a joke. Uh, yeah, this movie follows the events of a traumatic night out in Paris, which plays out in brutal and dizzying fashion. This movie stayed with me for a very long time and in many ways is a masterpiece. However, I must put in a warning that it's a very difficult movie and should be approached with caution due to its graphic and shocking violence, including scenes of a sexual yeah. nature. 
It's really a gut wrench of a movie that leaves its mark. A superb watch, but I would never ever. But would I ever want to see it again? No, no, and thrice no. I've seen it once. Yeah, I agree with everything he's said. It's um, it's one of those. Um, it's not a date movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's, isn't that Gaspar Noir's like kind of yeah thing though, isn't it? It makes yeah. these very tough, hard to watch films. Yeah, it's one. It's one of those that you know. If if you've got like a filmy mate, like I could say to you, Stig, definitely watch it. But I can't say to like someone down the pub, you should watch this. <laughs> You'll love it. Yeah. You really like X Men. You'd love this. <laughs> it don't. It don't work. You've got to. You've got to be. I don't think I've ever seen one of his films. You've got to be into honest. it. You've got to be. You've got to be prepared for it. It's um, I just yeah, oh. I just know he's very uh, makes very tough films. Yeah, it's, it's a heard. deliberate thing. Trust me. Mm. Okay. Uh, last up, we have uh, best boy Kurt Lewin. Mm. Two submissions for me this week. Whoa, he's calm down, Kurt. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> the first is Requiem for a Dream. Mm. As we heard from before, I think this film is utterly fantastic. But to me, it was the bleakest film I've ever seen to the point it was almost laughable. I felt so sorry for all the characters in that, and in the end, it makes me just sad thinking about that film and people in real life who might be going through similar experiences. So despite how excellent the film is, I never want to watch it again. In gaming, I like to think I might go back to play my favourite games again one day, but that's not the case with Hotline Miami. I adore this game and everything about it, but it's so, so hard. I got the platinum in it, and the thought of trying to go back and nail every mission again makes me feel ill. So now I just like to listen to the soundtrack and reminisce about the great time I had playing it when I was chasing all the A-plus ranks. Yeah, I like Some I like that. I like Hotline, Hotline Miami. I didn't platinum in it. I didn't get a all the A ranks and stuff like that. Didn't really like the sequel. I don't think, I don't think anybody people, liked the many sequel. Many people did. No, oh. a stupid one where you had to like control two people at the same time. Yeah, so. Fuck that. No. Yeah. The first one was good. I like I like the, the the kind of narrative to it, the weirdness of it. Um, yeah, it, it came out right at a weird time. Did uh, Hotline Miami? It was like yeah. it, it felt so like new. But yeah, there, there there wasn't much out like that. No. Like you know, there was uh, when it came out. There was a lot of stuff which had kind of pixel art coming out. From well, it the had the graphics scene. of like the original it, GTA, didn't it? <laughs> that weird, yeah, top down. But, yeah, it was. I think it was one of the first to really have that kind of that vaporwave aesthetic oh, yeah. and the kind of synthwave soundtrack yeah. and the gleeful psychotic violence. Weird masks you could put on and stuff. It's just. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, all the cutscenes are really trippy. It's like you're on acid yeah. when you're playing the game. Uh, so, oh, yeah. so I remember someone telling me, that, "Oh, uh, is it my friend Pedro? Something like that." that that's the spiritual successor. It's not. It's not. It's fucking it's nowhere not. near that. Yeah. I, I was, I was like, "That's fucking." It's not a bad no, game, but it's, I, it's not, not the quality of Hotline Miami. I played that. And I'm like, "Fucking, this is not Hotline Miami." This. <laughs> no, not at all. You see, I think there... it's a bit of a. Sorry, Karen. Oh, you go. I think it's just a bit of a different kettle of fish, isn't it, when you're replaying a game? Because if you know, if you're on the fence about rewatching a film, it's only two, three hours. When you think, you know, I really want to play another game, uh, play this game again, but it's such a commitment. Yeah, to find Hotline 10, Miami wasn't a quick one, hours. and do- that, it took a while. Yeah. That that was that's not a quick game. If you if you want if you want a game like um, Hotline Miami, there's a one called I think it's called Hong Kong Massacre mm. on Steam, um, and it's. It's got a little bit of that kind of that hyper violence, but it's put it in more in very much like a hard boiled kind of John yeah. Woo style kind of thing with a lot of nice slow mo and killing of people. Um, so yeah, that one's worth a look if you want to have that kind of Hotline Miami experience. Oh, oh play Stranglehold. <laughs> See, what I was going to say was Candy's already said Requiem for a Dream. We've had two people email and say Requiem for a Dream. 
This is why I've never watched it because I've never felt <laughs> like I want to just sit there and, and not one feel person's sad ever and recommended bleak. it. Everyone's like, everyone says, oh, it's an amazing it. film, but it's like, yeah, it's so, so tough. I'm just like, ah, just like, when do I want to sit and do that? Well, it's like people say, oh, you have to be in the right mood for it. Like, what is the right mood? I'll tell you what, Stig. <laughs> we'll meet up. I'll bring some MDMA. We'll get proper fucked up. <laughs> we'll watch Requiem for a Dream and we'll cry together. You'll love I it. I do need to watch it. I, I thought you were going to say, I do sim- need some MDMA. No, it was similar with <laughs> something like Schindler's List, where it's just like, I have to get around to watching this at some point. You've never like, seen Schindler's List? Yeah, I have. Oh, I mean, like bef- before I watched it, it was kind of like a... You knew you had to watch it. I have to watch this yeah. film, even though like the subject and the not film nice subject, yeah. length and stuff is, yeah. Hmm. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put Requiem for a Dream on a pedestal, though, mate. It's not... I, it's really good, but... Everyone rates it high. I can't imagine, so I will watch it one I day. I can't imagine it, it hitting your top 50. It's just on my ever-growing list of films to watch. Too many films. Stop making films, guys. Yeah, let me catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you had, a, you had a, a pandemic where nothing was getting released to catch up. Yeah. I'm on uh, 594 films. Fucking hell. I'm going to watch this. You need to get rid of all your consoles, mate. <laughs> And that includes all the other ones I do watch. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of the mailbag. Excellent. Thank you very much, everyone, for writing in. And now it's time for the socials from the proper social doctor. Um, and a little sneak peek of what they'll be doing next week. Take it away. From the social doctor, you can visit our new website at modernescapism.co.uk. On there you can find all of our socials, you can find our media and contact details and everything you're looking for nicely in one place for you. We've also just launched our merch store, which you can also find on the website. If you do have any comments, you can either tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com or you can join us on our wonderful Discord server where we can have a nice little chat about things in real time. If you fancy watching and interacting with us whilst we play through some games, you can find us on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash modernescapism. We're on there fairly regularly. Um, Mondays we have Biggie playing through Dark Souls uh, I have a weekly horror stream on Thursdays I just started Soma mm, So good Last week Now I should say I may be continuing with Soma I may not I <gasps> uh, what? I slightly broke the game What? It's so good I did a candy It yeah, may be good but it's broken machine. I did a classic candy And I think I, I think I realised the problem I keep breaking games because I'm playing them all backwards compatibly I think this might be an issue. Oh. Uh, but anyway, if I, if I can, I will continue to play Soma on Thursday. Gadget's currently working his way through Fallout 4 on survival How mode. How far you got on that, Pat? And that's and, uh, on Wednesdays. Um, I nearly, I, ne- I rage quit on Wednesday <laughs> when I was playing it. The, um, I, I, I managed to get through all of Corvair. Really? Yes. Um, with, without a death. Wow. I'm a, that's hard on normal. Died a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah, died a couple of times getting to Corvega, mm. but I did all of Corvega without a death. Uh, and then I was working my way back to Ten Pines Bluff to put the quest Absolutely. in. Absolutely. got to go to Sanctuary. Yep. And as I was on my way to Sanctuary, I happened upon a raider. I thought, ooh, just by herself, I'll be sneaky. Mm. And I killed her in one yep. shot. And then I came yep. down the hill, and then this, this, this magical Molotov came from nowhere, from an unseen raider, what? and killed me. And put me back to the last point I saved in the middle of fucking Corvega! <laughs> Oh, mate, I'd have fucking burnt the console. <laughs> I lost nearly <laughs> On a PC, hour. whatever you're playing it on. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, that's bad, that, that man. That's bad. <laughs> because the point saving. that I saved it was after I cleaned it. Well, no, you, you can only save in survival mode when you sleep. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Fuck. Yeah. So always be sleeping. I, the, the, <laughs> I managed to clear out the inside of Corvega, and I slept in at the end point where you kill the, the like the dungeon boss. Yeah. But then I I did all the upstairs in Corvega, the outside to get the bubble heads. Yep. Yep. And that took me ages. And then I bet the bubble heads mm, um, and and all the extras make such a difference in survival as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I thought they would. I, mean, the, I thought they would. <laughs> I mean, that's the repair bubble head up there. That gives you some skills. You know, it's like yeah. you, you need the shit. <laughs> so I've got to do it all I can. And then stick a noodles hose variety streams throughout the week. When we can be asked, the best place to when you can be asked. So um, you can either check our Twitter when we're going live, or even better, if you can subscribe to our Twitch channel, um, you'll get a notification through the app that we're going live. Um, we've already spoken about our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash modern escapers. And we've got three tiers, £5 modern escapees, £5 for Scorch Sheep or £7.50 for the Biggie Bundle, which gets you both. Now, next week's subject is best stolen ideas. So best knockoffs, best clones, what media is an absolute blatant ripoff of something else? Or has there been a, bl- has there been a ripoff of something that you've noticed and nobody else has? Mm. Let us know in comments, email us, give us your feedback. Excellent. Thank you very much. Also, also, just one thing to add to that. Don't forget to go to the YouTube channel because we have reactions oh God, yes. this, this week for Ooh, Sexy, Sexy Beast Series 2, Episode 1. And this coming Saturday is uh, Diana the Musical. Yeah, that exists. You heard me that right. <laughs> a, mu- a Broadway musical about Princess Diana, and we reacted to the first half an hour of it. It's incredible. Yeah. Watch the rest. Yeah. <laughs> watch the fucking rest. I did. I'm not watching the fucking rest of it. Does it get worse? I liked it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting into it. I loved it. Uh, But now it's shite. Yeah, uh, I've got an announcement to make as well for people that don't like me. I'm not on next week, so it's going to be a favourite episode. Unfortunately, I am unavailable. Highest download numbers. It's going to be the highest. It's going to be the first main (laughs) podcast I miss uh, for unforeseen circumstances. Um, Yeah. So look forward to not hearing me. Um, who's going to take the mantle as host? Ooh, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to listen to that. So that's it for people that don't pay us. Um, you, you fools. <laughs> for everyone else, we'll meet you around the back, you know. Dicks out and all that. We'll see you there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for everyone else, as always, it's I want to wish you a good night and... Bye-bye. I just love chocolate peanuts. I don't love the sound of you over a microphone. <laughs> I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait before I kick him. I can still hear you now, though. I can hear you and your beard on your mic. <laughs> How dare you, good sir? <laughs> <laughs>